0: the 173,000 people wedged into the nine-tenths of a square mile between Fifth Avenue and the East River wouldn't know if you asked them that they lived or worked in the 21st. Whether they know it or not, the security of their persons, their homes, and their property is my job. My job and the job of the 160 patrolmen, 11 sergeants, and four lieutenants of whom I'm the boss. My name is... I'm captain in command of the... What makes a city?
1: Not buildings, not subways, not business. People make a city. From
2: dawn to midnight, from midnight to dawn, people will pour their lives together and stir up the city, where even love can lead to death.
0: You asked me to ride your truck. my chick has gone. What are, you doing? what are you doing? What are you doing? That is not for by them. That is for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay, you want to go right now? It's taken a week, but the tensions have slowly seeped out of this room in the same way it took two and a half feet of water to slowly seep out of my basement. But before before we start with this week's show, I just want to remind everybody in this room what was said so aptly in our intro. I am the captain of this podcast. And if you don't remember that, I'm looking at a certain someone. <laughs> Much like in, uh, in Master and Commander, you will be asked to grab a cannonball and walk to the end of a plank. And then we'll have a little breath-holding contest.
1: I'd do that for Russell Crowe. Ooh.
0: You'd do that for Russell Crowe. Okay, well. Wait a second. That's
1: a weird way to start because really we've weird. had a nice, convivial, jovial conversation here. You've just eaten a couple, of, or one coney. Mark's eaten a couple of them. We're not going to say where they're from, but I think they're reasonably tasty. <laughs> I brought them. It's not the first time I brought food, but anyway. It was very kind. Thank
0: yeah, you. Yeah, we're having fun. What did you bring us, ML? Actually, I, I brought us food for thought and an outstanding <laughs> guest, T.M. Martin, a outstanding counselor, a podcaster could teach you jabronis a thing or two about the art. Oh, so now and someone jabroni. who knows something about politics. So she checks all the boxes.
1: That's great. Thank I'm you. i just excuse my, myself here. I thought, yeah, you said it took a week to let it seep out. That's a little
0: overdramatic, no? Okay, yeah, I'm still mad. You're right. It wasn't quite. And let me just tell you how that ended, Sean. I want you to remember that, that even love can lead to death. So watch mm. yourself, son. You're on notice.
3: Oh wow, he's put, put him notice. on notice. You know, I love that, uh, that movie mean? though, Master and Commander. I was <laughs> talking with Mark in the green room about it again. <laughs> about you know military strategy. I love it. You know battle scenes, and I mean it's applicable to what's going on in today's political world. Don't you agree? I'm just really
0: I, into I guys who wear wigs. <laughs> 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 it's okay.
2: There
3: you go, Sean. Well,
1: and Master and Commander. they, they so those, if I wore a wig. Yeah, you'd be okay. <laughs>
0: You know, let's try it. Nothing else has worked. Let's try that. I think a nice powdered it's, wig. You know, just do a whole show this, like this that. This guy's you a do, grudge holder. You do have kind of a Martin Van Buren thing going. What's a
1: grudge? You, you, you just don't let things go, do you?
0: I don't. I remember everything, and I hold everyone accountable, you which is like why I'm the right choice for the good people. An these elephant's side, memory. Yeah, no, let's talk early, about that. Early political plug. But, um, no, uh, mastering the best thing about mastering commander is everybody dressed like they were in a new wave band, like Adam and the Ants. Or the very early version of Spandau Ballet when the New Romantic movement was out there.
1: I thought yeah. it was that they cut that poor boy's arm off with no anesthesia.
3: That oh, was Lloyd Blakeney, yeah, right, yeah, and really
1: uh, Paul good. Bettany was the surgeon, doctor. Right? Yes, he
0: was. Who mm-hmm. is 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 a weird guy because he has that sort of classic English period piece sensibility, like a like a Julian Sand or like. Um, uh jude law who uh who if I may be <laughs> unhumorous for a moment, is one of the finest nice actors acting today, but uh Bettany became sort of a a sci fi uh superstar with uh with priest and with legend or no legend legion mm-hmm. where he plays the angel who came back well what about but,
1: Wimbledon with Kirsten Dunst
0: yeah, know he's versatile but I'm just saying you don't think of these guys from from uh from uh from Louisa May Alcott uh, books turning into um, Age of Ultron. Yeah, exactly. he's got great range. Yeah, no, he's great. Yeah, I love right. Paul. he will always
1: be Vision. They're called totally. A- yeah, ac- and I, I love I love
0: right. that line from Legion where uh, where Dennis Quaid says, uh, "I don't even believe in God," and Paul Bettany says, "He doesn't believe in you." And then mm-hmm. the angels descend. Very That's good. That's heavy. Underrated. Yeah.
2: Now this is funny because before the show you were very mad that we kept talking about different shows and pop culture. Because I, and- I didn't care about those shows. If they, if I care about, those because the they're shows, all new
0: I'm- shows. No, uh, well, I don't even know the shows you guys were talking. Well,
2: about. But you know, it is it is fascinating though that you surprise you on cable.
1: It's a, it's uh, maybe you guys can help me out here. It is fascinating and surprises you that an actor could play one part and then go over here and play another part.
2: <laughs> pretend to be something and then pretend to be something, something else. else. So that's,
1: that's, I guess, because I
0: see the shock there. He's not thrilled with your guy. Whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. So Paul Bettany isn't really an angel? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. no! But you wow. are. You are an angel and a snow
0: We're making a lot of news uh, today here on the show. And so. I
1: love the snowcap little twirly this is, this cue, my, curly uh, cue coming
0: out there. I guess it's my flag of uh, sorry, everything's in reverse on the what monitor. What are you doing?
1: He looks like m This is, um, this
0: yeah. is my... Uh, my.
2: By the way, has anybody city tried m ms New Spaghetti?
0: That's the city of
2: Detroit. No, because I'm not no. eight Oh, years old. you said the m M&M? yeah, uh, The New Spaghetti place. Here. Mom's has tried Spaghetti. That? No, spaghetti. I
3: want to try it. I was thinking about bringing you guys some, but I ran out of time. Plus, the, lo- the lines are so long to get it because it's so hot. And it's gotten great reviews in terms of the taste. All right, I'll be that well, guy. I, you, you had it. Do you really Mark, want to try it? I do. Really? Yeah. I why try not? Because it. it's spaghetti. Yeah.
0: Well, no. But the thing is, Mom's if it's spaghetti, if it's authentic mom spaghetti, the whole point of that line in Eminem is "Mom spaghetti" is he was basically saying life is terrible and mom spaghetti is terrible because we're so broke. Mom spaghetti, I think, in his life was probably noodles and ketchup.
2: I thought he just threw it up, but yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So why would you want to have anything inspired by his? Because. You know, before I was known for other stories, I was, and I continue to be I the world's foremost expert on the early life of Eminem. That didn't take too long, Mark. You can <laughs> you can find that at go to salon.com, dot com. Eminem's dirty secrets. But were you a consultant on Eight Mile? I was not. But okay, I, should have been. He up, is it did. I did. It's the Marshall out
3: on Sutra coming miles? out
1: for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good ah, one. Oh, that is a good one. That's, that's not yeah. a bad one. Are you going to um, go walk eight mile and write about it?
0: I no. I but I interviewed D'Angelo Bailey, the guy who beat his ass when he was in middle school. Really? Oh. Yeah. So, but, but what I'm getting to, and I don't know how I got to this. This Cyrus takes this. this, 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 this uh, his his music is largely autobiographical, and I wrote about this for a paper with which I have a long relationship. <laughs> it was. It was I did not know him that well, but I was fascinated (laughs) to go to the court record. And Tracy, you'll appreciate how court records actually can provide some backup for when people make grandiose claims that that Marshall Mathers the Third, his early music and probably his music today, could be backed up almost at every turn. By public records it showed his mom did file a lot of lawsuits. He did get his ass beat in middle school. So mom spaghetti, if it's as accurate to his life story as his music is, I have no interest in mom exactly, spaghetti. Exactly, yeah. Oh why? Because it probably tastes like Chef Boyardee. No, it's exactly. a... Yeah, it's, no, no, no. you no. don't know. Don't knock it till you try
1: well, Not it. only that, it's a metaphor for being authentic. So that means you're going <laughs> to... Yeah, maybe but I'm saying if, if own- it is
0: authentic, it's booty. It's no good.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> if it's <laughs> authentic to what spaghetti is, not to necessarily... You see what I'm saying?
2: See the difference? Uh, ML,
1: I'm, You're
0: defending I'm bad you. spaghetti now? No, I'm, oh, I'm saying I, authentic
1: I what mean to mean. what the idea of spaghetti is. And then that, it's very simple. If, who knows? He might be making his own pasta or at least importing a good dried pasta from Italy. He was
3: actually serving. Yes. He was there serving customers, Eminem was, out of the window, out of the alley. And he by the way,
1: where is the spaghetti? It. You said you were. You thought about bringing
3: it. Yeah, I, I ran out well, of I time. Well, I thought about
2: bringing <laughs> conies, and then I went and got conies.
3: But, you know, you guys could have me <laughs> back next time, and I could bring the mom spaghetti.
2: When How is, about that? When is Debbie Mathers going to sue for using uh, her likeness? Oh,
3: oh. Right, it's mom.
2: It's mom's.
3: But Mark, you said you get it. You get what?
2: No, M- I M- know. Said. I know what he means. If it's authentic to M M&M, and M, it's not going to be very good spaghetti. But mm. if if it's authentic to spaghetti, it'll be fine. Mm.
0: Mm. Well, we'll see. It's
2: just spaghetti.
0: Okay, people wow. sure were lined up to get it though. I've never missed Matt Jennings so much <laughs> in my life. It's just... professor. Spaghetti. You're well That's remembered. A lot, Mark. So, um. I do. You know, I want to tell you about a friend of mine, Amy O'Brien, her dad's car shop. It's not like spaghetti is bad. This is a really good place. It's Roy O'Brien Ford. Uh, Amy O'Brien and the O'Brien family. This is the dealership that was started by their father, Roy O'Brien, at Nine Mile and Mac in St. Clair Shores. Seventy-five years ago, they are still going strong. If you're looking for a new ride, services, repairs, or even a top-notch oil change, they'll rotate your tires, they'll wash the car, they all this great stuff. You can go to Roy O'Brien Ford. If you, uh, I don't know, you want to buy a car, you want to lease a car, maybe you want to trade in your car. Maybe you're thinking, uh, I don't know, let's just see what they got on a lot, new or used. Go to RoyOBrien.com. You can see their whole inventory there. You can see all the great deals. You can go to Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle. You can see whether you want to lease it, finance it, or pay cash. Get the value you're in apply for financing. And when you make that deal, you can go ahead and schedule delivery of your new ride. To find out more, go to Roy O'Brien, that's R O Y O B R I E N.com, or call 888 566 5851 and let them know that ML Soul of Detroit sent you. And uh, no spaghetti. There's a very nice coffee shop nearby. And I think a Buffalo Wild Wings. I love Fords. Yeah. I, I've got two Fords. We got a, a 2014 C Max and a 2007 Ford Focus with 132,000 miles on it. Um, it's actually 133,000 miles on it if you count me pushing it, but that That's is, not very many. It's 132,000?
1: For a 2007? Uh, I have a uh, 2017 yeah. that's got 110.
0: Well, that, I, the reason why I had to push it is cuz it sat 16, in the garage. 16, cars sorry. cars that sit in garages are not uh, are not to be trusted. That's why you need to go to Royal Bryan Ford. Which I think is exactly what you were driving at, Sean. So thank you very much. We have an edge. Yeah, we
1: love it. Portage. <laughs> got an edge. 2011. You got an edge. It's Elrician, you know?
0: It's like uh, like pin conning cheese. Mm. Uh, just as fragrant and twice as sharp. And just as pleasant uh, after a fair amount of time in the sun. And I Ooh, apologize to okay. the. Good.
2: You're in a much better mood this week. So you are,
1: good. and I'm grateful for it. Well, we we talked for those of you that don't didn't hear last week's show. And how yeah, dare Sean you, said how it's okay you. to
0: steal from poor people.
1: How <laughs> dare you? Wait,
0: what what happened? There
1: was a little bit of <laughs> uh, uh, Sean, a, a little bit of an edge. To Sean last was like, week's show. "Steal
0: from the poor." It's just a bad day. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: And I don't really remember saying that, but in any case, there was a little bit of uh, what's the word, Mark? What's the word?
2: Uh, He he was on edge. He was uh, So, and it infected, not infected, it
1: influenced. It's a better word, more positive word. But
0: why was ML on edge Uh last week? Uh Yes. Well, because just before I got here, a mailer was sent to people in District 4 uh, supporting uh, my opponent, which is fine. But the problem is it was sent by a group that uh, I think it's fair to say is a dirty money group. It was, uh, I had received this shortly before we got to the show and I'm thinking, I know there's a lot of people who, uh, want to see me fail and that's fine. Uh, uh, I forgive them because some of them include, uh, maybe my mom because I was a bad kid, but, um, no, actually she's, she supports the campaign, but it was sent by a group called Detroit leaders. Now we don't know who Detroit leaders are. Uh, I, I was checking on this before I came to the studio, which is one reason why I was so late. Uh, they're not registered with the County where you can register a political committee. They're not registered with the state, where you can register a political committee. They're not registered with the IRS, where Mm. nonprofits and political committees must be registered if they're going to do any business. And I thought, who the hell is this sneaky-ass group that is trying to support my opponent and inject money and influence into our district without letting us know who they are? Because one of the keys, whether you agree with how much money is in politics or not, even the Supreme Court, which made a terrible decision in Citizens United, which basically said spend as much as you want to influence politics, even that broke-ass court said the one thing you have to have in politics is transparency. So if you're going to spend a ton of money to influence people, at least you should know who's doing the money. In other words, if you're going to throw a rock, you have to show your hand. And so with the help of, uh, of uh, some friends uh, who are very smart, and who share my passion for investigations, we were able to determine later that day, after my blood pressure had uh, had lowered from 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 this uh, this very uh, uh, sacred room, um, that Detroit Leaders is actually a group called Save Detroit Jobs, which was created in 2016 and was created to help support uh, Detroit Benefits proposal, and it was basically an entity that had money in the bank that was run by Scott Benson, a Detroit city council person who is under investigation by the FBI. His office and his home was raided by the feds. I busted uh, Councilman Benson many times when I was at Fox two for other uh, less nefarious uh, uh, endeavors than potential public corruption. Such as what? uh, Such as not failing campaign, filing campaign finance reports, having some spotty financial dealings in the past. Um, for, um, boy, there were quite a few. It's, I, I, I forget all of them. But suffice to say, uh, he's not a big fan of mine. But probably the biggest one was that the other person involved in Detroit leaders, uh, Carol Banks, is his chief of staff. And I exposed that Carol Banks, while she was being paid handsomely to be the Detroit Public School System's ombudswoman, was also being compensated decently by the city of Detroit to be Scott Benson's part-time chief of staff. But in fact, she was doing neither job during the hours which she billed both employers for Mm -hmm. her work. I remember that story. And my story resulted in her dismissal from the Detroit public schools. And Councilman Benson, rather than saying, oh, my goodness, I didn't know that this person was unscrupulous. How could I give taxpayer dollars to someone who doesn't do what they said they were going to do in the service of the people of Detroit, actually increased her hours. And basically tripled her pay, even after knowing she was not uh the most conscientious uh public servant and you I'm know Emma,
3: I got jump in here though because, so they want to get me well you know one or at least now I know thing. where it's coming from yeah, you know where it's coming from Carol banks so i as I understand it, her home got raided by the feds recently. And she, she had, some interesting long had a signs. long sign of supporting your opponent. Yes, uh, Deadline Johnson. Detroit reported yeah. that. Yeah. And so, as I understand, it, Letitia Johnson has been out there disavowing the whole
0: thing. Well, um, she, she or has. She? she said she returned the $100 that was contributed to her by Scott Benson, but she hasn't said, please stop doing these things because I believe that if you're going to influence an election, you should be open and transparent.
3: That's bad optics, though. You know, I mean, I'm not in District 4. I'm a native Detroiter. But, you know, that would give me pause to see the feds rainy, you know, raiding a home. And, you know, it's got a big uh, lawn sign, campaign lawn sign out front for Johnson. You know, I mean, that would uh, make me think twice. That's for sure. Uh, I mean, what what do you think? Is it going to have an impact? Uh, this isn't exactly an October surprise. You know, one of the classic uh, dirty tricks from... Uh uh, Detroit's political playbook that people actually, you know, in Detroit we call them politics, not politics. You know, the dirty uh, tricks that uh, get rolled out around uh, this time of the year uh, in an election year. But is it really going to have impact? I mean, are people watching the news? Are they, you know, oh my bad.
0: Right. Some great questions. Me. Somebody's saying yes, it is. influencing Yeah, Fuentini. that
3: probably are. Yeah. But you know, because I, I mentioned this because we did have a, a low turnout now than the primary, about 10, 11 percent, according to uh, the Wayne County clerk. Is it really going to resonate with people?
0: It resonates with me. I'll say that. Sure. Well, I think it depends on what people know. And that's why in politics, we are supposed to have transparency where you can see who's giving the money so that you can uh, you can make the proper decision. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to speak for Ms. Johnson. She and I were in a forum where she said that she surrounds herself with people with integrity and they, they provide her inspiration and they help keep her uh, on the right side of integrity. Uh, I would merely suggest that I'm not sure that Scott Benson and Carol Banks are filled with integrity. I'm not saying they're guilty of public corruption. That case will play itself out, but I think my reporting and some of the other things that have come out have certainly indicated they may not be the finest actors on the political stage, but I'll just tell you what I would do if there was a group out there that was trying to help get me elected and I was not aware of their efforts and their efforts were not authorized, I would immediately say cease and desist. I'm going to run my own campaign. I'm going to do what I think I need to do. And I also would uh, would not allow my lawn sign to remain in the lawn of someone who looked like they might not be working for the best interest of the people. No. I personally would go remove that lawn sign and say... Uh, Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, That
3: would be an event uh, in and of itself, but uh, she hasn't done that. Yeah, I just think this is a a really uh, unfortunate time for the electorate in Detroit because, well, you know, the most interesting races— I think, are the city council races because, I mean, look at the mayoral race. There's not even going to be a debate this year, you know, between the incumbent, Mike Duggan, and the challenger, Anthony Adams. I think that's, um, you know, really a blow to uh, democracy. But the city council races are fascinating, and that District 4 race is just – it's particularly interesting to me. But, you know, this group, Detroit leaders, formerly uh, Save Detroit Jobs – they were formed um, to support a ballot proposal, right, a ballot issue. Right. They're not even legally supposed to be supporting or opposing any candidate, that's, if I'm not
0: mistaken. No, that's what Wayne County campaign—I think it's actually state law says that. Yeah. And and we have filed a complaint with the Secretary of State asking them to get to the bottom of this Detroit leaders thing. What's but, happening with that? Uh, well, the, the complaint was filed. I imagine it'll—, it'll get in the hopper and they'll hear it when they when they see fit we we certainly would like them to get to the bottom yeah
2: how does that help you now i mean you you even said most of the the votes are in absentee wise
0: well i think absentee votes and and and, uh, tm martin would know this probably better than i because she's worked this is my first campaign on this side but she's worked a lot of campaigns but i think would would you say it's fair that two-thirds of the votes will be cast in the next week or two
3: Yeah, I think um, many votes have already, probably half have already been cast already. But Mark makes a great point. So somebody is out here operating um, DTO, what I call DTO, Dirty Tricks Op., Dirty Tricks operation, and the damage has already been done. Okay, just like in court, you know, that old saying, you can't unring that bell. You know, if somebody puts out an argument or says something on a witness stand that's really a false narrative or false allegations, it's within the hearing of the judge or the jury, whoever is the trier of fact. And, you know, people will take it as they will. And so, you know, the damage has already been done. That's uh, campaign interference. That's a classic dirty trick operation. But I think what's important for us to get out there for folks is what is the difference between uh, dirty tricks operations and negative campaigning? Because there is a difference. Negative campaigning is based on truth. There, there's, there might be some distortion there might be some slight misrepresentation, but there's a kernel of truth in there. That's what negative campaigning is. And that's – it's legal. That's why it's it works, too, right? completely legal. Because and it's there wh- is a little truth in there. Exactly, Sean. And people will say, oh, I hate, you know, these attack ads, these negative attack ads. But they eat them up. But dirty tricks operations are illegal. They're highly unethical and they are false, but they are used time and time again to maximum effect, especially in this age of advanced technology using social media. Um, it, it makes dirty tricks operations faster, cheaper, and easier to detect, to detect. And that's what you know. Candidates such as yourself has to do, have to deal with uh, in this day and age, and uh, it's tough. It's tough. So you've you know got to push back. I mean, what have what have you been doing to push back against uh, some of this stuff?
0: Sure. So, you know, we're running a entirely positive campaign. Oh, great. We're not even talking about my opponent, although I will say that she's got a couple of fantastic ideas, which I I really appreciate because she got them from me. So uh, (laughs) so, those are some of the really good ones.
3: That's a classic yeah. too. Well,
0: okay. we, we were at a forum when uh, where she was talking about clawing back uh, benefits given to developers who uh, who don't live up to their end of the bargain. I thought sounds I thought, familiar. That's genius. In fact, I know where you heard it because I was sitting next to you when I said it, and it's on our website, but it's not on yours. But but whatever, you know, talent borrows genius steals. So so uh, so we'll leave it at that but you know we, we, we you know we're just doing our thing but occasionally you you have to you have to take a side tour and investigate some of these things i am a i have have been fortunate to be supported by a lot of unions and one of the things that i found fascinating is not only after after looking at this mailer we found out later that week that the um that the uh, the campaign uh, the detroit leaders was also putting out lawn signs in oh, yeah? the neighborhoods and one of the things that was really Funny, not funny to me when I looked at him is, as you know, TM, in Detroit, if you're putting out material that doesn't have a union bug on it, meaning a stamp that shows it was printed by a union shop, you are in big trouble. Big, big trouble. Well, I mean, this is a, what, the arsenal
3: <laughs> of uh, democracy here. I mean, that you know, I've, I've helped uh, many a candidate and a campaign design campaign literature to maximum effect and you're right. I mean, that union bug has got to be on
0: there. So what is the deal with this? Uh, is yes. it a fake
3: union bug? So, so these signs
0: on? have a little purple oval at the bottom of them, of them that if you're driving by, you might say, well, there's the union bug. But as we noticed when we went up close to them and, and we were able to examine a lot of these because people were saying, I never told anybody they could put that in my lawn. Oh. Wow. So there's that. But, uh, but yeah, there's a fake union bug. So not only are Detroit leaders kind of a bogus group. Uh, Not only is their incorporator, you know, a big Republican guy, which I I think is probably not all that popular on the East side, Mm. but the material they're putting out uh, includes uh, a little deception for folks. So so these are the kind of things. Now, it's not a violation to have um, non-union signage, but it is just another indication of how sketchy some of these groups are. And- And so we got to the bottom of that and and Deadline Detroit and the Detroit News reported on it. And I thought that was great. Um, But uh, I mean,
3: that doesn't even come close, though, when I look at that on screen, you know, of uh, the union book. I mean, even if you were, well, it's so small, you know. It's like you said, if someone yeah. was driving by, driving they would not
0: notice it, right? But, exactly. You're kinda you kind of like, know. okay, cool. But uh, but union people do notice this. Oh, yes, and, and totally. all of our campaign T-shirts, you know, union made, made in America. You know, we're pretty meticulous about that. But uh, but then you know, we kind of get to the bottom of this, and 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 the uh, the media exposes some of the chicanery, which I thought was was great. Um, but then on Monday. A new mailing came uh, supporting my opponent from another group, Opportunity for All Michigan. Well, let me tell you a little <laughs> bit of what I know about Opportunity for All Michigan. Yeah, so I don't know anything because they're not registered with the state. Wow. They're not registered with the county. They don't, uh, they don't show up on the IRS nonprofit uh, uh, entity. So you know nothing about them? Well, I'll tell you what we do know. They're from Grosse Pointe. Mm. And uh, there's been some chatter that, oh, you know, I'm a candidate supported by who and what and whatever. I'm like... We ain't got nobody from Gross Point putting out mailers on my behalf. So uh, yeah, Joe. Joe
2: had it up on the screen, and that was the first thing that jumped out to me: is the return address being not from Detroit.
0: Right. So if you're watching us on Facebook Live, or if you're watching the replay on Facebook page ML no periods Elric, you can see this. And uh, yeah, it's from Gross Point. Um, Detroiters we don't know traditionally don't it. like that, though. You know, this
3: interference from outside forces yeah. and. Is that the? Are they using the same colors as the candidate? The same. No, uh, color?
0: she's she's blue and yellow. Uh, she might call it maize because she's <laughs> oh. from uh, she's a a graduate from the University of Michigan. Um, but you know, when you look at this ad, if I was investigating this, and hopefully the state will, because we'll be filing a complaint about this one for a violation of the campaign finance act, there are five people who have provided testimonials. Uh, three of whom I've busted. but um, Oh, but, really? So this Which, may, this which may, three? This may
2: be another payback thing.
0: Uh, Brenda Jones, I busted her yeah. for insisting that businesses hire people from Detroit when she herself doesn't hire people from Detroit. Wow. When you hear that clip at the beginning I of the show yep. mm-hmm. where she says, you know, maybe I'll hire you. I'm like, I'm not qualified for this job. Yeah. She wanted to hire me as her spokesman, so I was just having some fun with her. But not only did she acknowledge she doesn't hire uh, all Detroiters, but she said sometimes Detroit doesn't have the skills that you're looking for i'm like excuse me i don't think that's true then there's tanisha yancey who's a like my opponent a protege of brian banks who uh has a couple of felonies on her record Uh, she's she's lived a pretty clean adult life but when she was coming of age she was a pretty wild child uh bernard parker never busted him stephanie chang never busted her alberta tinsley talabi oh Busted her many times on For some what? on some well some issues. She wasn't paying property taxes. She had a a, a family home that she uh, didn't want to fix up, and so and by the way, it got a lot of federal uh, aid to help fix it up. She shifted its name into uh, a, a corporation. that turned out to be a shell corporation, mm. and it later came out that when one of her staff members was convicted of federal charges. The Fed said, "Yeah, we're pretty. We believe that the uh, that Alberta Tinsley Talbey is involved in that, but we just didn't charge her." Um, yeah, I remember that because she mysteriously
3: did not run for office again, and people wondered about that. And so, you know, that oftentimes when you hear of a politician not seeking office. It's there's a reason mm. because somebody put it to the them like Andre Spivey. you better not run again, you right. know, or else you know so something's I'm, gonna happen.
0: I'm not saying Alberta Tinsley to lobby vote. No, nobody's any saying laws, that. But well the feds did. I mean they, Okay, they, yeah, they, they did. They, they so. put that in some yeah. of their stuff on that other case, but curiously she shows up on social media criticizing me a lot. So I I guess what I'm saying is with these these endorsers, some of them don't like me, so maybe that's why they participated in this mailing. But the bigger point is if if you're trying to figure out who's behind this group, talk to the five people and say, who asked you for a quote to put in there? We can find out, investigative agencies can find out who Opportunity for All Michigan is. And again, this group, the only name that appears on the record for them in public records is this big Republican uh, uh, dirty money uh, guy, Alan Wilk, who runs (laughs) a lot of these committees or incorporates a lot of these committees. So. A lot of questions, but I'm a lot... What'd you do to him? I I told the truth. I'm a threat to everybody who does business like this. Okay, I want to ask you this. They do not want to see me get into office because they know that I oppose everything that's happening right here. But,
3: you know, I I just wonder, you know, this um, is rather perfect timing. You know, with all of these raids on uh, City Hall and council members' homes and their staff's homes and, oh, by the way, I understand the feds also paid an interesting visit to uh, the Wayne County Clerk's Office, to Campaign Finance Division. They were mm-hmm. looking for something. Um, so, you know. You've got this reputation as being a watchdog, an integrity guy. You know, uh, we're living in a state that isn't known for transparency. By the way, Detroit isn't either. So, I mean, the timing couldn't be more perfect for a candidate like you, for, you know, voters like myself, the other members of the electorate who want to see some sunshine down there at City Hall. Maybe we need a city council member who is going to, you know, keep everybody on the up and up because you, you know, you did this, you know, for a living as a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, reporter, journalist. So um, I just think, you know, back to what I was saying earlier, it's a a sad day for uh, Detroiters that, you know, we're undergoing all of this uh, public corruption and, you know, there's no representation in District 4 right now, right? Because uh, Councilmember Spivey, he stepped down.
0: He, he resigned. He stepped down after pleading guilty to a bribery charge. May I also
1: wow. add that he's, along with all those other things, quite handsome. <laughs> oh. wow, uh, and that never hurts a candidate. You right? Really need oh, to tell You're, you're that?
3: talking about ML. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good-looking chap. I, yeah, and there you it go. Doesn't
0: hurt. We, yeah. we may, we may have a good. truth in advertising. Easy, <laughs> easy on the eyes. But, uh, but, but well, I think and, with and good posture. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. My doctor told me to stop slouching. I, obviously, uh, I am the least objective person in the city on this subject. But I do think that when you have four council members under federal scrutiny, two of whom have had to resign because of financial improprieties and you have a candidate that's running largely to help clean up City Hall as well as make uh, life better in the neighborhoods, if that candidate doesn't succeed, it does feel like a statement has been made that, uh, that we're okay with politics as usual. We're okay with, uh, with the, uh, the, the, the crew that, um, that's basically trying to stop me because either they're trying to get payback for exposing their wrongdoing or they realize there's a threat to their way of life, and their way of life, quite frankly, is a threat to our way of life.
3: You know, I, what I I just can't wrap my my mind around is the low dollar amounts that the oh feds for, the, have, bribes. Yeah, for yeah, the bribes yeah for the bribes I mean that we know of anyway. Um, a lot of times there's a lot more money at play, but that mm-hmm. that's what the evidence uh, leads the feds to. But still, these dollar amounts are so low, and it makes you wonder. Like, really? I mean, this is what you blow your ruin your career for, and how many careers
2: really get ruined? Damage
3: your your family. (laughs) Well, you make a good point because some of these people, like Gabe Leland, who also resigned and he walked away with probation. Um, You know, after being involved in public corruption himself on the job, he's probably, you know, going to hang out a shingle and become a political consultant. And uh, maybe uh, Reverend Spivey will, too, after he does his bid, whatever it's going to
2: be. And to that point, Emily, you talk about how the electorate saying, hey, we're okay with this kind of stuff. Um, Don't most voters just, hey, as long as my trash is being picked up, the lights are on. Uh, my basement doesn't flood every time it rains. So Those real
0: simple things. Do they real? Do they really care? I think we're going to find out. I mean, I, I do think the electorate well, how does do you, how, care. Okay,
2: let me ask you. Let me ask you a different way. How do you get them to care when you go door to door? How do you get someone to say, "Look, this is what's happening"?
3: I think people do care, but I think people are so sick of this crap happening that you have a lot of disaffected voters out here. I myself am a disaffected voter. I'm I'm an independent. Yeah, I mean, some people are like, screw this. Okay, I'm just not going to vote. And you saw that in the primary. I mean, traditionally primaries have low voter turnout anyway. But this uh, upcoming election on November 2nd, by the way, folks, it is November 2nd not November 3rd. That's another political dirty trick where sometimes, you know, an opponent will, you know, change the date of the election and people, you know, they miss the vote. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're disaffected voters out here and they just say, you know, screw it, I'm not even going to vote. And that's on local elections and national elections. I mean, you saw that in 2016. Um, frankly, you saw it in 2020. Hey, is anybody going to go to... Uh, POTUS's press conference at 3.30 today and how President Biden's in Ugh. town?
0: You can go. Yeah, no, no I, I'm not. <laughs> I have no interest in that. This is a bad time to have to drive down I-96. Yeah. when you have these presidential uh, visits, it just shuts down the highways. That's but, another
3: political dirty trick on election day. <laughs> you know, shutting down bridges, you know, that happened um, for the gubernatorial election, I think, in New Jersey. Um, you know, the creation of traffic jams on election day, you know, your get out the vote effort. I guess you're really uh, getting that to get together. What with 27 days to go?
0: Yeah, no, we're, 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 we're doing, uh, any special events? Um, we do have a big, uh, uh, get out the vote rally, um, that we're going to do on the day of the Michigan, Michigan state football game. Oh, so cool. We're, we got some stiff competition there, but that'll be the oh. <laughs> I knew I liked you. Trying to stay positive. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, we're going to do that, I think, on the Saturday before the election. But you know, we're knocking on doors. We're uh, we send out handwritten postcards to folks. We do phone banking. You're um, making them
1: homemade spaghetti.
0: Mom's no, my mom's spaghetti is pretty damn good. Yeah, Eminem would Secret be Secret recipe. Off doing it. I think it. if I recall right, it was ragu. Uh, mm. Something she does ragu. to make yeah, it good. Yeah, was mine too. Doctor so, up a little jar of sauce. Yeah, maybe throw a few onions in there, you know. I've um, been
3: watching your campaign though, Mel and I, I think that uh, you're doing a great job uh, despite, you know, some of these efforts and that shows that you're, you're you're a threat, you know. That's why they're getting out here and doing these things. Uh, Detroit leaders, formerly Save Detroit Jobs, um, so I think you just keep doing what you're doing, you know.
2: Um, Detroit leaders in, um, what was it, the Opportunities for, for All, all Michigan. Michigan? So, okay, they don't file. You file a complaint about it. Whatever happens there, happens there. But what happens to your opponent? I mean, it's almost like plausible deniability, right? You know, I didn't know. You know, yeah, they put out I mean, the mailers. I mean, it does nothing...
0: Like, and how does it are, affect her? These are very nice mailers. It doesn't. There. It benefits her. Yeah, they're very high <laughs> that's, quality. This is the problem yeah. with it. They speak very highly of her. They don't. They don't attack me, so I'm grateful for that. But this is money you don't have to spend to support your campaign, and that's a huge deal. We have. I won't. Bo- I won't bore you with how much time and how much effort I've spent raising money for this campaign, other than knocking on doors, raising money is one of the biggest things that you do as a candidate. And I am my fundraiser. I don't have a professional fundraiser. Which shows how broken the whole system is. Yeah. spending and, most of your time just trying to get money? Well, not most of it, but I spend a lot of it, I'll tell you that. And, what would you um, say, over 50%? No, in fact... Okay, <laughs> good. I'm glad that it's not. I think there's a lot of people on my team that would... would uh, w- Want to be <laughs> Yeah, because most candidates do this thing called call time. Most, most candidates for dollars. and office holders where they block out a certain amount of time every single day to make phone calls asking for money, even if they've just been elected. I don't do that. Um, I probably should, but I'm just not the typical candidate. So any money spent to support uh, another candidate is, you know, helps them and, and, and doesn't help me. But, but, you know, we have run into, you know, Mark, you asked a minute ago about this. We have run in a couple of voters who've said, I'm not voting because I'm so sick of it. Yeah, our, our turnout in the primary was 13%. We're projecting best case scenario, a 20% turnout in the general election, while the rest of the state hit 60, 65% turnout, oh. historic turnout in 2020 for the presidential election. In Detroit, it was just in the low 50s. And I think Detroiters, and I am one of them, and maybe I'm partly to blame because we've exposed so much wrongdoing. We've exposed so much betrayal by our elected officials. I think at some point, people just say, you know, this guy sounds good. This woman sounds good. So did the last one. They're going to prison. So I don't know who to trust. I don't want to vote for someone who's a crook. So I'm just not going to vote. So we have... In those encounters, and and, and blessedly there's only been a couple of them, we've been able to convince people to go out one more time and at least cast a vote for somebody that you won't regret voting for. But the the, the best way to motivate people, the best way to get people to be engaged is by using the same tactics that I used when I was a union organizer at the Detroit Free Press, and that is one-on-one conversations with people. And when we talk to people... I don't ask people to support me. I ask them, what can I do to make things better here on, on Berkshire? What can I do to make things better here on Manistee? But what? you're
3: not ending that conversation with asking for their vote because um, you should be.
0: Yeah, no, I know. And you have to ask for the vote. And I know people who go out there who say, you have to say, so can I count on your vote? Or you're voting for me, right? And I'll just say, you know, I, I hope I I've hope I've... I've I've told you something that can earn your vote. Well, and then that's we will ask them if they'll take a lawn sign. But I, I'm I'm not trying to be to be
3: asked for their vote because uh, in the past there have actually been some candidates who've lost because when you you walk you you pull these uh, voters and you ask them, well, why didn't you support so, you know candidate A? And the response is, well, candidate A didn't even ask me for the vote, you know. Uh, Detroiters do like that. They like to be asked for the vote. You know, I think it's excellent. You know that you are um, ticking off uh, everything that you know you're promising to do for the people and District Four and really citywide, but. I I would recommend to ask for the actual vote. And
0: I should have had you on to talk about this in January. <laughs> I understand the weather is going to be very favorable, long-range
3: forecast well, for November
0: so. 2nd, too. Well, here's the other thing we do when we're on this, on, on doorsteps, or at least what I do. Um, I was on a doorstep Sunday night, and I only had about an hour and a half, because uh, I'd been out earlier and, and I was in church, and we may show you that a little later. But I only had an hour to knock on doors before dark, um, and I had knocked on him early in the afternoon. I want to say I was only out there for an hour. But this particular stint was only an hour. And I ran into a guy who came out of his house. He was kind of a quiet guy. He was a very nice guy. And he just started to tear up when we were talking. Really? And he Why? said, I'm very depressed. I'm sad. I've gone through COVID. Uh, I've had all these things happen to me. And I just don't know what I'm going to do. And I've had people in my life who have struggled with anxiety and depression. When I was a young guy, I was struggling with that too. And so I spent way more time on this guy's porch than the political experts would suggest. And and I gave him a piece of our literature because I give that to everybody. But, but while we were there, I looked up some phone numbers for him to call to try and get some help. But wow. 24-7 uh, state Uh, of Michigan line that answers 24 seven, both to help people with dealing with the distress of the fallout from COVID and also a phone number for Wayne County mental health uh, so that they could direct him to some services. Because believe it or not, Wayne County and the city of Detroit combined spend almost a billion dollars a year on mental health services. The budget for Wayne County and Detroit for mental health services is almost equal to the budget for the city of Detroit, or the county of Wayne, we spent a lot of money on that. So I, I directed this guy to try and call some of these folks, and then I, you know, the the phone number on my literature is my home phone number, and I said, if nobody's answering, or if you need somebody to talk to, give me a call at the house. So that's great. That shows. I, that I you didn't care. ask him for his vote. I just didn't feel like it was appropriate. Yeah, but.
3: that's a different uh, context, you know. But the fact that you were willing to take that extra time, you know, with an individual that um, that's. That says a lot.
0: That means a lot. And it says I'm a bad candidate, but maybe not a bad
3: candidate. No, guy. I I don't I don't I don't agree. With I don't you either. On, You're a beautiful candidate. But you know
0: um, <laughs> I got a. it's not just a face. Have you been
3: hitting all those doors? How many doors are in the district?
0: I think there's sixty to seventy thousand. That's a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. well, sixty to seventy thousand registered voters. So maybe it's fifty thousand homes. But I mean I personally have been on two thousand porches. And I know my team, we've probably hit more than 10,000 homes. And then, of course, phone banking and things like that. So you're trying right. to reach as many people as you can. But the problem is 20% of the people, best case scenario, vote. So you could actually, let, let's say there's 50,000 registered voters. You could reach 40,000 registered voters, and the 10,000 you don't reach are the 20% who vote. So it could have all been a waste of time, you know. So, I mean... Who
3: knows? yeah yeah yeah, it's um I mean you know it, it's very rare where candidates win by a landslide, so you know each and every little bit helps, and i I just think that on election day that's where the get out the vote operation is is so important, um but uh, you know, when you're on that campaign trail, another dirty trick I'm sure you're aware of is when. Uh, the opponent uh, comes behind and picks up the literature that you dropped off. If you've got door hangs, um, you know, got to be careful about that. That's why some candidates just want to pay for mailers because they're going to go. But then you got the snail mail problem, you know, with the post office. So you got to make sure that those get out early enough and then you know the classic pulling up the opponent's lawn signs i mean there we had a hell of a time with that during the primary i know i personally heard from you know one politician who was dealing with that in a in a city council race and it happens you know every election like cycle what ca- about you i feel what, like
2: you get caught on a uh on a ring doorbell cam
3: yeah 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 you would think you know, yeah,
2: yeah. You ch- think, you know? Be, yeah are you taking
1: notes i hope by the way michael Mental Through this session, mental because notes. this is a, a
0: and this and the is a big nice... thing I'm taking away from this is I need to be a little more. Did you ever think of going? Did you ever think of going negative? Huh? Did you ever want to go negative? Great or question. Think of going negative. Well, so so there's two things. I mean, if if I you're, can't wait to hear this, if your opponent is not an upstanding person, you tell everybody is that going negative or is that just providing them with information they need to know to cast an informed ballot? I don't consider that negative. Now, if you if you do something where you have, you know, shadowy uh, images and and ominous music, and you say, "Did you know that Mark Fellhauer?" Yeah. likes <laughs> well, no, to park I, okay. fire hydrants instead of promoting but, yourself. Yes. Did you
2: ever think about attacking your opponent? I'll put it that way.
0: Well, uh, let's just put it this way: there there may be some facts out there that we won't be talking about, but it's not because we've decided uh that we wanted to raise a negative campaign. It's because we've become aware of some things, but but the campaign I'm running is about what I stand for. I'm trying to give people something to vote for. And there is an old adage and, and TM correct me if I'm wrong, that you have to establish who you are before you can try and diminish the other candidate. Now, right if, if you're listening at home and it says, oh oh here comes here comes the here comes the, the hammer we're not we're not going to be running a contrast campaign with my opponent. We're strictly talking about the good things that we want to do, the policies that we have, because we do have policies. We have a policy on ethics. We have a policy on uh, we just talked about this. I posted it last week. Mayor Duggan is talking about and this cracks me up. Our towing system is broken. We have all these contractors out there who keep bribing public officials. We can't get it right. So we need to come up with a new system. I'm like, no, no, stop. No more new systems. Stop private towing contracting. Give the work to city employees. Just let city workers do the work because city workers are not going to try and bribe council members or people who decide who gets the contracts because there's no contract. You're just driving the truck. There's no profit in there. There's no benefit to beating the competition. There is yeah, no competition. Great. and Then you'd have jobs, jobs, jobs. It you creates know? jobs for the city, good union, paying wages, benefits. And the other thing is we've tried so many times to clean it up. It's just time to say we can't. In general, I'm against privatization. But specifically in this case, even if you're for privatization, how can you continue to try and do the same thing and not expect the same result it's time to put an end to it and and by the way towing kind of is a municipal function if you have a broke-ass car that's blocking a city roadway that's clearing the roadway that's what cities do it's not like uh, what what do
2: other cities do do they have private towing companies or do they have their own city workers do it
0: i mean i think there's a variety of um I, i mean other
2: large cities not like around here
0: like yeah, Chicago, I mean, I, New York. I don't know. Well, you know, sh- sh- so Chicago used to have something.
2: That that's the best example for political corruption. Right. But well, yeah. but
0: this this shows you how these things work. Chicago had a thing called truck for hire. And this was exposed in the mid-90s, late 90s by a guy at the Chicago Sun-Times. And what truck for hire was is the city from time to time would need trucks Dump trucks, trucks to haul things—you name it, all kinds of trucks. But they didn't want to own a fleet of trucks because trucks are expensive. Yeah. You have to maintain them, replace tires, parts, all that other stuff. So it makes sense not to own a fleet of trucks if you're not using them all the time. So what you do is you go out and you have a truck for hire program, and you say, "Well, we could use trucks uh, between January and March for whatever, and this is the rate we'll pay. And if you have them, we'll, you know, we'll rent them from you." And so I guess it all makes sense. Except that all the people who were hiring the trucks back to the city of Chicago were aldermen, were mm-hmm. politically corrected, pe- connected people, were people who were borrowing money so they could buy trucks and then making the trucks available to the city at an exorbitant rate. And then maybe not even supplying trucks sometimes for the contracts. It all became a big pass through. It all became a big scam. And at least with towing, we know the towing companies are towing the cars because they tow the cars to the lots and they forgot to tell the owners of the cars that, oh, by the way, your car's been at our lot for three days. And by the way, it's $500 a day to keep your car at our lot. That's where all the money is in towing. So, you know, look, look. even if you're a libertarian and I tend to be somewhat libertarian in my views because I'm willing to let people do things that I wouldn't do myself as long as they're legal, because I want to do things that other people might not like. And I believe in, in individual liberty. We don't need private companies to tow cars. And even if we thought we did, we have proven over the last 20 years that we have not figured out how to do this in a way that does not lead to rampant corruption. More City officials have gone to prison in the city of Detroit over the last 20 years because of towing than any other thing we do. Right. Detroit must do better. I mean, I... How much money a... is in towing? It's insane to think well, about. it. you know... Mayor of Taylor is in trouble because yeah, of right. towing. Exactly. Exactly. But Chuck you know... Rizzo, uh, Clinton Township, went to prison because he met with a tower, in part. Right. You know, it's just enough. Suburb, city, everywhere... But to Mark's point, you know, well, his
3: question and your response, I mean, I think it's great that you have decided to adopt a positive campaigning um, tactic because there are some different dynamics in your race, you know, with us being in the city of Detroit and you being a white guy and your opponent being a black female. I mean, that's kind of a you know, you, it, it's a delicate
2: That's an interesting, tightrope okay. That's to an interesting walk. Can and I ask so, you this? What, yeah, sh- sure. What should he do to combat that being a white man versus a uh, black female? Well, Does he even need to?
3: Well, when you have that male-female dynamic, that political matchup, it's—I think—it's very difficult for male candidates, you know, because you don't want to be too overbearing. Uh, to ball busting if you will mm-hmm. and so i think that's you don't i want think mansplain. i think your approach yeah you don't want to mansplain <laughs> or you know any other whatever manspreading or whatever <laughs> <But> you <laughs> so so you are doing the right thing you're maintaining the positivity you are pushing back uh, there And whoever's doing this, this uh, Detroit leaders and the other group, they're entitled to the due process. There probably won't be a decision until after the election. Um, but you're staying out there, staying positive. You're hitting those two. I think you're ticking all the boxes and you're doing the right thing. But to well, go negative yourself, that could backfire big yeah. time. You don't want that.
0: Well, we also have uh, an advantage that that uh maybe I'll be obvious in the way that I should be more obvious in asking, "Will you please vote for me? I'm the better candidate. I've got the polity I got the policies now she says that she's the better candidate because well, she's been elected say all kinds of stuff
3: yeah, but what would you say? I saw an interview that she did on dead on the deadline Detroit website. She says she's the better candidate because she's been elected before.
0: What has she been elected to?
3: Uh, some sort of board or something. You know, it wasn't well, a major She office. served
0: on the East English Village Neighborhood Association Board. I serve on that board now. Okay. But uh, she served on the uh, Zoning Board of Appeals. But that's, that's what not, it was. That's, yep. that's an appointed position. Okay. So, But, uh, you know, hey, listen, uh, you know, she's been active in my neighborhood. That's how I know her. We're both active in the neighborhood. But I know my way around City Hall. I get things done. I've raised a lot of money for for charities and nonprofits while holding a very demanding full-time job. Uh, we've gotten uh, results for constituents since I got into this race when I was unemployed. I am unemployed except for this podcast. Got a house torn down for an 80-year-old woman who'd been waiting 10 years for somebody to get that house torn down. You know, we are the better campaign. we are the
3: candidate of action.
0: We have the experience, right. We, there
3: you
1: uh, go. We're,
0: we're the problem solvers. And so, again, where were I? Why, why <laughs> last oh. but, but we're doing the work right now. We're out there and people can see this is a down payment on the job. We are getting results now without any power, without even the power of 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 the microphone. I mean, I can't put people on TV. I can't put people in the paper. So anything I can get done right now has to be either through persuasion or through knowing how to make people do the things that they should do. So I don't have to tear anybody down because I already feel like the, the results speak for themselves, but people will decide. Sadly, not enough people will decide, but when they make their decision, we'll live with those consequences and uh, we'll hope that, uh, we'll hope that uh, at this time next year, I'll be telling you some stories about what it's like to serve on the 13th floor of City Hall as a council member. And we'll, uh, as part of this job, both give you some insights into what goes on in politics because I am going to be a communicator no matter what I do. And if there's a rat in the house, I'm not going to pretend they're a rabbit because that's what's been Mm. happening for far too long.
3: Well, um, you know, some are of the mind that – and I'm quoting from this uh, Deadline Detroit article by uh, Violet Economova who I've met (laughs) – before, um, I think she asked me for a quote once about these uh, vigilante groups, and you know, I was the person who sued Detroit Three Hundred because they, the allegations were that they kept a couple of my clients
0: locked up in a yeah. they were Detroit stopping people on the street. I mean, they were basically yeah. giving them the third degree.
3: Right, right. Well, you know, they resurrected. That's a whole nother show. But in this Raphael article, Johnson wasn't it? Yeah. What happened to him? He disappeared.
0: Yeah, um, what did happen? The free press actually endorsed him for city council. I know, I even know. Even though he, had That's a, interesting. A, he was a convicted murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Cool.
3: So it says um, in the he didn't have a
0: long relationship with them.
3: Yeah. It <laughs> says that um, they realize, they meaning the electorate, um, realize the stronghold he has on the media and that he can really take that and run with it. Um Oh, this is actually a, uh, something yeah, that's that what, Raquel uh, Castaneda
0: Lopez said. No, no, th- this was my opponent who said this, was ref- that referring Jones? to a story I had done about Raquel Castaneda oh, okay, yeah, Lopez's yeah, yeah, okay. houses that were violating city building code.
3: So apparently she thinks that you have some sort of uh, unfair advantage in the media because uh, you're a member of the media and uh, the whole Pulitzer Prize winning journalist thing. I mean, do you think that you've got a leg up because of your media connections
2: in connection no. with this particular thing If anything, campaign. it's hurt you. I mean, that's kind of the whole, uh, the dark money. It's hurt you because you busted all these people. Yeah. Of course he
1: has an advantage. I mean, I mean, can we just be real here for one second? Okay, People Sean. know his name. Okay. And that's an advantage. Name ID, Trump, name recognition. Uh, Trump is the best example of it, right? Okay. Don't put me
0: in that category. I don't wanna, <laughs> I'm not
1: comparing him to this Trump. This is my hair. But, but the idea <laughs> that he had no experience, and Mike's got a lot more experience, but Right. Name recognition gets you to a certain point and then it's up to you to define yourself from there. But people know him.
3: Excellent point. So, if, so
0: I, I in a in a I like in that a, in a strange twist of fate, um completely agree with Sean. The the time <laughs> I spent at Fox Two elevated my profile. But but here's here's the crucial part, and this is the part of what Sean said that I really appreciate and have come to learn when people recognize me and they don't recognize me at first because I'm not wearing a suit and because I'm not chasing after a crook. Uh they'll go, "Oh, it's the newsman," but then they tell me, "I really liked how you went after people who were doing wrong." So, it's not just they recognize me. Like, I think if Jason Carr, who sometimes is mistaken for me, was running for Detroit City Council, they'd be like, "I recognize you and you're kind of funny."
2: They remember your work.
0: But it's the recognition and it's the recognition of the work, and so it is sort of okay. I see the name, I see the face. But one of the things that that we've been staggered by is how many people don't connect M. L. Elric with M. L. Elric Fox 2 Problem Solver. I mean, how many M. L. Elrics are
3: there running around? I mean, it just aren't okay, a lot one, of one us. One is enough. But well, how do you know they don't connect that? I mean, well, because will the tell the us poem? that, yeah, oh, because
0: okay. we'll have canvassers who say who say they'll they'll say they'll tell you the story. Lived on East Outer Drive for the last 22 years. Very active in the community, you know. And they'll say, and then they'll say, worked for the Detroit Free Press and Fox Two, and they're like. Oh yes, yes. Now I—that's the guy. Yeah, there but I'm go. like, how do you not? Is how isn't that that the first thing? I mean, because
1: Fox, well, why would they associate you with where you live and no, in your and all of that? No,
0: but I mean, the, the name M. L. Elric—they don't associate with the newsman.
1: It's got to be attached to uh,
0: because Fox Two is the leading source of news for people in Detroit.
1: Well, it's got to be attached to the TV, right? Because let me let me make this point: If Jim Schaefer, who was at the time a reporter who he won the Pulitzer with, right. had decided to run.
0: Yeah, he used to be a working nobody, journalist.
1: Nobody would, he's an editor now, right? Nobody would know, or very few people would know his name. It would not be the same as with Yeah, because he is a print journalist. He's a print right. journalist. And he's on, uh, TV. He unless on he's, TV. Unless Mitch, right? Unless what we're well, talking about, Mitch.
0: He does it all. Yeah, the yeah. difference is people tell me, I didn't realize you were that tall. They would not say that to
1: <laughs> right. and by the way i know Ouch. mark's got a read over here and we need to get to that but can we save some time for uh this video please
0: sure absolutely yeah, I that's want my to, request
3: I want to see that too
0: Adam. but yeah. but I, I will tell you name recognition is not as as much of an advantage as i had thought and my opponent has run for office four times in the last seven years so she benefits really? from quite a bit of name recognition oh, as well man.
1: but i i think it, it certainly helped getting you to this point right can we <laughs> That would be my point.
0: I would not be a viable candidate if people did not know the work I did. They know me because of the work I did, but I I think the important point is also they know the work I did, not just who I am. And it's funny how I thought being known uh, as a Fox 2 reporter would be more of a, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, but you you almost kind of have to get people to say, Oh, that I thought that was it's it's not Yeah, as- it
3: helps to remind people on election day too, right at the polling places, you know, having your people out there with literature and reminding them. This I is have the problem solver. That. I have done that for candidates and they're and people will be like, Oh yeah, right. They get it and then
0: they they vote. They oh, vote yeah. your no, way. Our, our you campaign
1: is evolved. Another good tip, please take it.
0: Yeah, our campaign has evolved because the pictures that we had of me were really small on all of our sure Oh, literature. yeah, they got to be it, big, man. There was no connection to Fox Two on there. It's just like you know, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning reporter. You know, it's just like I don't know, you know. But I mean, it is. It, it's you learn a lot when you're doing these campaigns. A lot of it you learn very late. Hopefully, what you learn, you don't learn too late. But it is a humbling and a gratifying thing to do because i can't tell you how many people have said so many nice things some people have said some not nice things but uh but detroiters are as i think we all know the most gracious welcoming and in some cases forgiving people you will ever yeah, meet and, Totally uh to yeah you i'm know, not really you know i wouldn't say giving up my salary for a year and potentially my ability to return to journalism uh you know is something i'll never regret but i will say Having so many people open up and and uh, express support and faith for me is something that no matter what happens, I will never, ever forget. And no matter what happens, I will never regret, although I really want to win. So, Tracy, if <laughs> yeah, you, you did live first. in District 4, could I please have your vote? I would vote for you. Okay. Absolutely. Is that, is that, did I ask for it right, or should I be more like, uh, give me the vote? No, go. no, no. I like the first uh, the okay. approach.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah.
1: a humility.
3: Yes, humility. And after Mark does a read, I'd like to, uh, if we have time, to talk about some of the worst uh, dirty tricks uh, in politics that have happened uh, locally in Detroit and maybe on a national level because oh, I, I think they're instructive and kind of entertaining.
0: Yeah. We're all about dirty tricks. Okay, yeah, and Learning same time for
1: the church, church too.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah we, the
0: church. We got to do that. We need to go to yeah. We can save that for
2: next yeah. one. Yeah. Well, we need to go to
0: church. Sean could use a little church. Another person, person with that. Uh, especially after watching that uh, that unholy lions performance on Sunday. <laughs> in Since
2: we're talking about great uh, name recognition, let's talk about David Hall and David oh. Hall Mortgage. Some of the best name recognition when it comes to financing, and they can get your uh, they close the majority of their loans in eight business days or less. That's pretty pretty amazing. But uh, the thing you need to do is understand your financial situation. That's the first thing. So before you go out shopping for a home, call Hall Financial get your financing in place. You can check them out. Go to mlsoladetroit.com. That's the website at the very bottom. You'll see the little logo for David Hall Mortgage. You can click on that link to get started or call 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. Please tell them that ML sent you. Once again, David Hall Mortgage
0: NMLS MLS number 1467435. And speaking of people who have had signs go missing, uh, the Cadger Cafe has some of my signs. They do not have as many signs as they did when they started putting really? them out. Oh. But I'll just say this to anybody listening. I blame John. They do have a lot of cameras. Really? Okay. So you should be very forewarned of uh, what yeah. you're doing out there on Cadu Road in Minneapolis.
3: Um, you know, uh, i jump in right quick. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, I think it was in the 2020 presidential election where this guy got tired of uh, somebody stealing their signs um, of a presidential candidate and uh, they razor put a razor, blade, yeah, a razor blade and somebody On got really bottom. jacked On up hurt it, bad. Yeah. yeah oh.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, we did I'm have, I'm not going to say which one it was. We did have a funny report of sign stealing where somebody called and said, my sign's gone, but I have cameras. And we said, well, we want to know, we, you know, check the video. And they said, well, it was kind of late at night, so it might not be that good. We said, we don't care. Check it out. We want to see it. We we're all excited. And I got a call back and they said, um, it was, uh, it was a guy who cut my lawn. Oh, he took the sign out and put it and by, by the side of the house, and I said, okay, so that might not be the smoking gun we're looking for, <laughs> but uh, okay, at least, we, at least we checked it out. But the Cadre Cafe, whether or not you are a sign stealer or someone, uh, well, like A.J. Hinch, was he stealing signs? No, they were making signs about uh, pitches for the Tigers. Okay, sorry, A.J. Mm. Thanks for bringing the Tigers back to respectability, though. Um, he did. I'm glad. And, and, no, no. After you brought up what
2: happened in Houston, that's cool. <laughs>
0: well, you know, kind of stealing the World Series. <laughs> tough to get out from under that. But uh, the Cadu Cafe is a great place for you to have your holiday party, uh, feather bowling. There are very few places in the world where you can do feather bowling, but you can do it at the Cadu Cafe. If you want to entertain your friends, your family, your coworkers in a way that is distinctive, that is delightful, and is downright affordable, go to com, book the lanes. Of course, they're open seven days a week. They have music outdoors in the beer garden. They have a smaller uh, little area called Muscle Beach right by the Garage Bar, which is a great place to hang out. And when this campaign is over, you'll probably hang, see me hanging out there. They have a wonderful menu, a great staff, and, of course, one of your hosts is the singular John Rutherford leader of the Motor City Horns, horn player for Bob Seger in the Silver Bullet Band, has played with the Four Tops, and a very, very, as you heard on this podcast, close personal friend and confidant, of one of the Everly brothers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can't remember which one, but I think they may have shared a, a restroom once. But uh mm. turns out they weren't as close as we thought when we when we booked that guest. But anyways, <laughs> the Cadu Kaju Cafe, Cadju dot com. Don't wait, get that holiday party booked now. You can find out more at their website or go to our website, ML Soul of Detroit, and you'll find a link, of course, to their website. So yeah. Cool. We'll help you one way or the other. So Tracy,
3: do we have time Trish. for the video? Though I think that's important. Yeah, get let's that see. Video. It.
0: video? Let's, okay. Let's watch
3: Time
1: for some Take church and watch it. And TM will tell us about it a little bit.
0: Okay. So we'll I, was, I was at New Beginnings uh, Church on Saturday on Sunday at Beaconsfield in the morass meringue neighborhood, mm. a uh, a great neighborhood.
3: New Beginnings. Where
0: okay. Pastor uh, Tim Williams was kind enough to allow me to uh, to say a few words to the congregation as we talked about transformation God has different plans It is a candidate for political office so I can only imagine what you're going to tell folks next week but I'm living it and I'll just tell you that uh, I have not often gotten from God what I asked for but I have almost always gotten what I needed and it's amazing to me how wrong I was when I asked for what I wanted. <laughs> I'm actually hoping this is the exception of that rule as I ran for <laughs> city council because we put a lot into this. I had to give up my job to run for city council. You can't be a reporter and a candidate. But I'm running because I believe in opportunity, safety and accountability for our district. Uh, Dr. Williams and I talked about opportunity and the job opportunities are first and foremost. I've been walking this neighborhood since I was uh, a teenager. Got my stereo P cars on on, uh, meringue, got my glasses at Normandy Optical. I don't know if you remember those. We're going back 40 years. But the goal is to bring those things back to the neighborhood. Come on, To bring opportunity back so that these beautiful neighborhoods that we have, the people know how beautiful they are, and they don't just see our commercial corridors that are a mask, that hide the beauty that we have in our neighborhoods. The people who edge their lawns, who plant flowers, who live next to an abandoned house in the faith that it will be torn down. We're getting those houses torn down. But I don't really wanna to talk to you about politics because this isn't the right place to do that. Uh, I've been a coach. I've been a resident of East Outer Drive for 22 years. I believe in the future of the east side and I wanna be a part of getting us to where we need to be. I just wanna, if I may have Dr. Williams' indulgence for a minute, to talk a little bit about metal. And when I say metal, I mean very briefly. But metal is something when it's bent, you can never quite straighten it out. Mm-hmm. And right now, our politics is being bent. And politics is bent, that's that's the corruption we're born of. I understand it manifests itself in politics and desire and greed and want and lusts. But what I wanna say about that is what I'm worried about getting bent is faith. And when we lose faith in our leaders, when we lose faith in the people we send to do our bidding, to do good for us, to serve us as public servants who put service before themselves, who put public before themselves. I want to know that when we send people to do the work for us, that they won't be bent because we can never get them straight again. We can never get straight again. If we bend our faith, then we lose our hope. And when we lose our hope, we have nothing left. So what I'm trying to do, what I believe in, is to keep the faith, to keep the hope, I hope you can give us your consideration. I hope you'll think about what we're talking about. I hope you'll give us a very close examination. I hope you'll scrutinize me as close as I've scrutinized every politician I've ever seen in my life. And if you like what you see, you'll give us your support. But most of all, I hope you never lose your faith. And to Dr. Williams, keeping that faith strong, I appreciate you, and I thank you. Thank you for this opportunity.
3: God is good. God is good.
0: good.
1: You're good, man.
0: And your uh...
3: are ML's good, too. He's
0: very
1: good. And you're... You're much more uh, comfortable up on that stage. And when, when, Mark, when did we last see a clip of him in church? Three, four months ago?
2: Uh, not that long ago, but yeah, yeah, you
1: know. yeah. You can see the difference.
2: How has yeah, he improved? Yeah. I thought it was a little. Well, bit of I think Jim
1: Harbaugh first. has been coaching <laughs> him up because he's done, he's done such <laughs> a good, good job with the Wolverines this fall. <laughs> and you know, it's fun to watch uh, your guys develop and get right. better. Not that he's my
2: guy, but no, I, you had two good plugs in there for places you went in the past. Yeah. You know, service P- after the sale. P I cars. Heard.
0: P cars, by the way, is in Troy now, and Normandy Optical is in Saint Clair Shores. So both of these. Well, you ba- know
2: what? You're still in Detroit.
0: Both of these businesses are still viable, but they left, and that's the problem. Aww. What they
1: did you think, left. TM? you heard no pauses, you heard no ums, you heard no buts, anything like that, right? Very few conjunctions. Period. It was all periods. I thought was it great. was a
3: very smooth delivery. I like the look. Very respectful with the suit and tie. Uh, crisp look, the message connect was great. You could see that. You could hear that uh, with the members of the congregation. That is so important. Bringing it Um, back to faith, right? The faith analogies, that whole theme came through. I think it resonated with the members of the congregation. So, excellent job. A plus, M.L. Elric. Great on the message connect. Very important. Sincerity.
1: Turns it turns out came it, to, it, it, it looks good on him. It's, yeah, it's, it's nice uh, to
0: see. It does not come naturally to me, but I'll tell you. In, in, in a, <laughs> oh, it doesn't. But, in a, in but, a church, but look at that. No, actually, sincerity comes very naturally to me. Just nobody believes it. Just like, okay. You're <laughs> well, I wonder. So I when wonder I'm sincere why. with people, they're just like, okay, is this an act? And it's just, it's too, it takes too much effort to explain it's not an act. But when you're in a church, people kind of come in there, they take you as you are. I right. mean, it's, it's great to have this not, opportunity. Not much cynicism in churches. A church, yeah. Now after, it means a lot to be invited, though, to oh, come yeah. to a Detroit
3: church, to be invited and to be allowed to speak, uh, to address the mm-hmm. congregation. So kudos to you, great job.
0: Well, afterwards, the the pastor thanked me because he said, you know, you noticed that this person came, they stayed for the whole service, they didn't come late, they did not. Good point. You know, and 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 we do do that. Some you people, didn't hit it
3: and quit it. I uh, mean, that's that, typical.
0: Yeah, they breeze you, through. You got but, there on time.
1: I, I did. You don't mess with the Lord.
0: But so anyway, um, at the end church, of it, as good.
1: nobody, as as Jesus said in The Big Lebowski, nobody fucks with nobody. Jesus. <laughs>
0: oh, boy. It's true. It's fictional. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, so at the end, after he, after he thanked me for being there, I said, now, would you just please tell my pastor where I am because I have not been to my church in many, many months. So uh, so I'm, I'm squaring. Nobody me. fucks with the Jesus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One of the great, great.
0: And there uh, goes the campaign. I'll, I mean, that was a, I'll, I'll
1: pull the Can trigger till it goes. No, I Click. might just add
2: some more of it. <laughs> Man, the geeks have inherited the earth.
0: <laughs> I do that?
2: What a dork. Does
3: him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek?
0: Or we're turning into cool guys? Isn't there something in the Bible about forgive them? They know not what they say. They know not what drops they play. Please. Um, So I'm going to make our Geek of the Week real short so we can get back to the dirty tricks a little bit before we go. But um, my Geek of the Week could be my geek every week. Facebook. AI is going to solve us. Is that right, Mark Zuckerberg? We got it all figured out. Trust us. We know what we're doing. But Facebook went down. Actually, that may have been the best day of the whole year for people. But Facebook, because you... Are rotten dirty bastards, just on principle, and because you screwed up big time, you are our geek of the week.
2: I mean, before we move on, I need to tell you about Luke Nowacki. Oh, not a geek at all. Not, no, the uh, what's the opposite of a geek? A uh, stud, a golden Greek. It's like a geek oh, with geez. an R, <laughs> okay. a jock, and that's Guys, Luke. He's, he's, he's
0: chiseled yeah. out of granite.
2: <laughs> it's Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wild 248 663 4748. He's such a stud because he provides rational financial advice. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, college savings plans. What are you going to do? you got to get advice. you got to get a strategy. Once again, Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth,
0: 248-663-4748. And the other thing we really appreciate about Luke is that when he is, you know, focusing his attention and trying to direct all his energies, all of those energies and all that attention will be about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Remember, F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned. And other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. And, and by the way, if you're trying to pull together a little bit of cheddar to uh, <laughs> to invest with Luke, uh, may we recommend The Butchery, which you can find at thebutcherysl.com. That's where Dave Hubbard and his lovely wife, Julie sell some of the finest groceries at reasonable prices some of the coolest items for your kitchen your pantry your uh Sean what what do you call the place where people do real fancy cooking a kitchen oh. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I mean. Well, that, it turns out that's I mean, the same place wrong. I make peanut butter toast if and if mom's you're on spaghetti. If a boat,
1: a galley. How about that? Okay, okay. nice. <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: So we're back to master and commander. I knew yeah. I knew we could not leave port without coming back. Uh, that reminds me of a story about Old Spice I got for Christmas when you, but that's for another show. Um, ButcherySL.com. Great place to work. Prime Meats. Wagyu beef, I think. Do they have Wagyu beef? Mm. Was uh, it?
1: I think they do. Yeah. Snake
0: River Ranch is it that?
1: Uh, Snake River Farms.
0: Okay, because I remember yeah. going in there and saying Snake River Canyon, like it's just, you're like, no, it's just it's not.
1: meat with a little bit of marbling. So and the, oh, the, the fat is as you know is where the flavor right.
0: is. Right, marbling.
1: Mm. And we wow. and we like flavor.
0: Flavor. We
3: like
1: the flavor. Zest of
0: life. That's the okay. life.
3: That's exactly
1: right.
0: I've been accused of not having enough flavor, but I'm I'm. Oh, you've uh, got good Detroit flavor. Yeah. Oh yeah, flavor with no R on the end.
1: That's right. You could use a little more sun. I, <laughs> but, but so could I get
0: that tanning yeah. well, it's that it's that Irish Scottish Hungarian complexion it just doesn't it doesn't
1: uh, uh, I'm not one to talk
0: it, it, uh, it burns it doesn't at it least have it doesn't you have age hair. well um, but if you want to uh, if you want to sign on they're looking for help at the butchery they could use your help both as a uh, as a colleague and as a customer so go to thebutcherysl.com or call 248-682-2697 that's 248 248-682- 682 Cows, C-O-W-S. And uh, when they go uh, and make ground chuck and ground beef, they chop it up. And now we are going to they chop grind. it, chop up, it with up with uh, TM with some stories about dirty tricks. How about your two, two, two yeah, favorites? It was a rough chop it yeah, up. Well, terrible. I thought was that a was a second. good transition. No, that was terrible. Was good.
1: He meant to say grind. How about your two favorites?
0: Mark is shaking his head. <laughs> my two favorites?
2: No.
1: TMs. Oh, I was going to say TM
0: and
2: yeah. It's not all about you. Yeah. It's about your my two sometimes. favorites of what? Sweetheart. Uh, dirty, dirty tricks. tricks. Some, of the, okay.
0: some of the dirtiest tricks well, that you've seen in Detroit politics because well, you've been you've been on all sides of this game. Uh, what what's the dirtiest trick you ever played? I
3: Is there a statute s- of limitation? Signed a NDA. I can't reveal it, but okay. Damn. Um, on advice of counsel? I, well, I am she's counsel, her own so, counsel. <laughs> yeah, my own counsel, but yeah, I did sign an NDA but you know one trick yeah. is that um you know a politician may buy up all of the political consultants in a race making no one available. Oh, now I saw that happen George recently. Steinbrenner. Yeah, uh that happened in 20 this is 2021 that happened um actually last year and I was one of the consultants that so was bought out but i want to take this all the way back you know we're circling back master and commander people may ask themselves when do these political dirty tricks really jump off you know in the united states of america i'm going to take it macro and then you know micro the constitution well uh, it's an interesting race No, no no people it goes back to 1828 sean uh there was a Fascinating presidential election between Andrew Jackson and John Quincy Adams. Uh, You may have heard of the Coffin Handbill, And so um, Adams accused Jackson of a friendly fire, killing uh, his own people in the war, Indians and duelists. He was also accused of adultery, that he uh, was married to a woman who had not yet gotten a divorce. He said that that um, uh, whisper campaign dirty trick ultimately killed her before the campaign ended and let's see what else was he accused of cannibalism okay Mm -hmm. and so he pushed back on adams by saying that adams was using public funds to support his billiards habit wow not quite as you know impact making and then what was the other thing oh that he was uh adams was uh allegedly the pimp for the uh, Russian ambassador that he was hiring prostitutes for him. And so, I mean, this goes all the way back to 1828. And so with each passing decade, it's just become more and more amped up. And like I mentioned earlier, with uh, the age of social media, it's just gotten worse. And now we have deep fakes, you know, which personally fascinate me. But in terms of Detroit politics, if you remember... Uh, back in 2005 when uh, Kwame Kilpatrick was running against Freeman Hendricks, who was the former deputy mayor under Archer, there was a whisper campaign that was, you know, out there saying, oh, Freeman Hendricks is not black enough, you know, and um, yes, they were calling they him call Helmet, right, because of his Austrian
0: his background,
3: right, exactly.
0: She was a war bride.
3: She was a war bride, right. And so that, that really damaged him. And you then know? they
0: called him pretty. Yeah, he was said, too
3: pretty. Yeah, because Kilpatrick, he's
0: so pretty, and pretty is kind of a euphemism for not black enough. Right, exactly. Code word for that. So um, then, you know, I
3: pulled this one article. I mean, I remember it vividly. Remember the lynching ad that um, oh, Michigan yeah. Chronicle oh, yeah. ran by Citizens for Honest Government, and that um, that benefited. It was
0: against Granholm, I believe, wasn't it? Well, it
3: likened media coverage of Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick to lynching. And, you know, there were the vivid images of the lynched people, uh, lynched black people. And, um, oh, the tagline ran, lynching is still legal in America, you know. Um, That created a, you know, big fuss, big controversy, big stir. And uh, people still remember it today. Um, So those are two of my biggest ones, I think, in Detroit. Um, I will also remember more recently uh, that Wayne County Commission race that Monique Baker McCormick uh, ran in. Remember, she ran for 10 years. Uh, She ran five times.
0: So I I have a funny story about that. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so you're talking about the letter?
3: Yeah, on the pink yeah. stationery. Yes. So right.
0: okay, so oh man. Damn, we're getting <laughs> into some greatest hits here. So before yeah. we get to that, I want to tell you my my favorite historical Dirty Tricks okay. campaign. I think it was Grover Cleveland. Oh. Or somebody who had uh, was oh. accused of having a child out of wedlock, and the campaign uh against him came up with a little bit of dog rule. It was Mama, ma, ma, where's, where's pa? my pop? Gone to Washington, ha, ha ha. Exactly. So that was yeah. that was kind of catchy. Yeah, that was good. But um so uh, so, Burton Leland, uh, who I also busted for not living in Detroit when he claimed he did. In fact, I got him in of course uh, you did. in East Lansing, and uh, that was one of my favorite encounters ever because he came out three times to try and explain himself. He actually had a wardrobe change because he was doing well, his yeah. gardening. Yeah, so from he went the nice to put colonial? In, yes, he went in to yeah. put a, a something more presentable on, then he came out, and then he wanted to talk in a way he couldn't. Then he came out again. Then he came out in the garage, and then... He walked in and says, said, well, I got more." And he closed the garage door on me, so we had oh, this great shot that, of the garage yeah, door yeah, going yeah. Down, I remember that it was hilarious. And I'm on my yeah. knees with the microphone, like I got more questions, trying to get the microphone. Anyway, so uh, Monique uh, Baker McCormick, uh, currently Wayne County Commissioner from the West Side, ran several times. Sixth district, yeah. Fine, fine individual, um, trying to knock off Burton and Had been there for a long time. He told her she would never,
3: district. she would never win. Right, as long as he lived
0: so there was okay, there was a uh, a letter that was circulated uh many copies uh very expensive mailing that was from the ex-wife of Monique Baker McCormick's boyfriend fiance a, fiance accusing uh, Monique of Breaking up their marriage and stealing her man, and basically suggesting, and correct me if I'm wrong, that if she would steal my man and ruin my marriage, how could she serve you constituents? I mean, basically just saying.
3: Yes, she said uh, it it went like this on the pink stationery Monique Baker McCormick is promising to save your house, but she destroyed mine. Yes, yes.
0: Yes. Because this is such a great story. I. Damn it, why didn't we start the show with it? So so this was widely and and Monique had almost knocked him off many times. And 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 the Lelands had this great, and this is one of the great Detroit dirty tricks of all time. They would find an opponent who sounded like or looked like the person they were gonna knock off because right. they knew as as white folks. So so my race is nonpartisan. The top two finishers advanced to the general election. In the county. And the state races, they're partisan, so you only have to win the Democratic primary to win. So in theory, you can be elected with a very small percentage of the vote. You just have to be the Democratic nominee. So what, what the Lelands would do, particularly Burton, he would get someone to run in the race who had a similar-sounding name. So if you were Mono- Mo- Monique Baker McCormick, he might get, like, Monica Baker to run against you. Right, right. Or uh, you know, Monique uh, Carter or yeah, something exactly, or the someone Irish thing. right, or someone who who looked like you know you know a, a young black woman or middle aged black guy, and and, and not to digress too
3: much, back. but remember we saw that in the mayoral race with Mike Dudgeon, Mike Dudgeon.
0: exactly, yeah. they tried to put somebody on who would cause right. voter Ran. confusion the on a right the barber, right ends. yeah, yeah I remember that. so anyway. Um, uh, this this time it looks like Monique's going to break through because she came very close to last time. So this letter comes out, and, uh, and I spoke to the son of the woman who purportedly wrote the letter, and he said, first of all, my mom is totally broke. She does not have money to run off thousands of copies of this letter, let alone distribute it or mail it. So he was going to go on the record and say, You know, my mom wasn't involved in this. He had second thoughts, decide not to do it. His mom was struggling financially, and I think emotionally, and so he didn't want to pile on to her. So we never reported that story as much as I wanted to. Oh,
3: really? Interesting.
0: I mean, but it was well known in the district. So Uh fast forward, I'm at a tailgate at Michigan State. Uh, It's the Michigan State uh, tailgate, and Burton is there because he lives within walking distance.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And he
0: shows up at a Michigan State tailgate. I know I keep saying that, but it's gonna it's gonna come full circle in a minute, wearing a okay. Michigan hat. <laughs> I trust, really? I, I said, I said, I said, Commissioner, it's good to see you. I said, did you did you drive all that way or just walk from your house? And he goes, <laughs> Okay, don't size. <laughs> and so I was I was giving him the gears and I said, you know, only you would represent Detroit but really live in East Lansing, and then come to a Michigan State tailgate. Wearing a Michigan hat, yeah, and so wow. he's like, you know, okay. Then he started. Then he's like, you know, you're gonna take it easy, and my son, right? I said, hey, you know, it is what it is, you know. And so he's getting all worked up, and and he had been struggling with um, uh, cancer, which eventually uh, was his took demise. His life. Yes, and and I I did say to him, I said, hey, you know what, you know, all and he's like, we're we're good here, right? I said, yeah, we're good. We're gonna let something bad happen. I said, but. But I said, I hope you're doing okay with your count and everything. Oh no! I'd asked before that. I'd asked him. I said, uh, I said, and what about that letter? You know, and he's he just looked at me like, "Mm, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. So, so we we kind of did the dozens a little bit, and then we separated, and uh, not before we took a picture together, which was really funny. Hmm. And then uh, because he was. You know, he was a scoundrel, but he was kind of a lovable scoundrel and a and a monster on constituent services. Yeah, really... and that's why
3: people loved him. And at the end of the day, nobody yes. cared about him being exactly, a carpetbagger. He... You know what? People in Detroit don't really care about that, although someone was accusing you of not living in the district (laughs) because you're a white guy, you know. Well, Uh, I I got the tax
0: bills to prove it.
3: Well, the demographics have actually changed uh, in District 4 as well, and I think your opponent had actually mentioned that. She was kind of making a thinly veiled reference to, I think, gentrification, uh, which, you know, is an issue, but I think Detroit has more issues with poverty than gentrification and getting city services but um well, yeah we're, interesting we're still
0: an overwhelmingly black district and and i've lived in the neighborhood longer than any of my opponents but we'll leave it at that but um so burton and i split up uh and 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 at the end you know it's very concise like you know i hope you're doing well you know and whatever we feel about stories and things like that i hope you're winning your battle and i hope you're okay he's like yeah i'm doing good my count was low so i'm good you know and it's like, okay okay so then we split up and then we're going to the stadium and our paths kind of intertwine again and we end up um outside a restroom
3: Mm.
0: and then he said something to me and I said something back to him kind of like whatever whatever and so it kind of rekindled and then as we said I said you know what let's just let's just go enjoy the game and as we're about to separate he turns to me with a sly look on his face he says that was some letter wasn't it Mm. and I'm like you son (laughs) of a gun that's as close to an admission Uh, as I ever got I would take it as an
3: admission and you know. uh, Monique Baker McCormick ended up suing somebody for defamation and winning in court for $500, but All she right. did recover something. And then she uh, really took it to the limit because you remember Burton Leland, um, he tried to anoint his successor. He got behind uh, oh. Reggie Reg Davis, who talk about that, that big ballot uh, so, folly.
1: Or, or, <laughs> or, or, or not. I mean, or if you do, it's interesting. The punchline comes a couple of minutes <laughs> yeah. in, which was great. And then twenty minutes later, after we already know what the stories, you know, but that was good. That's a that's
0: a good no, technique. You know what? I do remember. Glad you're running for council. How writing things cleared up again with us uh, before we separated at oh. that tailgate. It's, okay. and it's what you said a minute ago. He said that um, if only Monique had come to me, I would have stepped aside. If only she'd asked me. And I said, "Oh, so she has to come and kiss the ring. Mm. So the black woman has to come to the white man to get permission to run." And he said, "He said that's not it." He got really pissed off, and that's mm. when he kind of stormed off. Okay. And then we we our paths crossed again at the uh, at the restroom. That's but a yeah, good detail. That was uh, I'd forgotten about that because he did say glad you remembered. He did say, "If only she had come to me, I would have." not running i don't believe that though i don't either but it's it's to your point where he was sort of like it was imperial he had right. to bequeath it to, and right. he did give it but, to reggie yeah, reg. by
3: Fiat. and and so uh let's see where was i going with this and then i
0: busted reggie reg who then helped well, you about like the name well because okay. reggie reg was beating women and uh, was a deadbeat dad Child and support. had ppos against him
3: yeah and so there was a um, an ad that ran. Uh, I think it was Monique Baker McCormick that ran the ad about his child support issues and what have you. And um, she won, and she's a Wayne County commissioner. Uh, but he messed up though because he didn't put his legal name on the ballot. You sign an affidavit, and he blew it, you know. So that's on him. And someone, oh, back to your, you know, the story that you told, um, Monique Baker McCormick. This is all in the media, folks. By the way, uh, it's not even insider information anymore. But she was offered a job not to run. Uh, she was offered an easy sixty thousand dollar a year job not to run, and she said, "No, I'm not going to do it. I'm, you know, I have a calling. I want to run. I want to represent the people." She turned it down, and so he might have been making a, a veiled reference to that too.
0: Yeah, no, she had a ton of integrity and. Uh And I think is a breath of fresh air on that commission. I love her.
3: Yeah. She's not my commissioner, Alicia Bell is, but next door. And I know Monique Baker-McCormick. She's tough, resilient, uh, never say, say die type of politician. And she's really serving her constituents, well, as I'm sure you will too, once you get elected in we'll 27 see. days. We'll,
0: we'll see, but boy, yeah, the dirty tr- I God, I'd forgotten about that. That was one of the dirtiest yeah, that tricks. that was I really remember.
3: dirty, real dirty. Yeah.
1: TM, are you going to stick around for room seven six zero nine?
3: What's that?
2: There's only one way to find out. Yeah.
1: Okay. Let's <laughs>
3: roll. Night. Light, light, light. And you can dance together all night, you've got the time
0: You know, Bert Leland was a lovable scoundrel, but boy, oh boy, when it came to dirty politics, he was a master of the game. Anyways, the romantics, Detroit's own. Were they a rock group? Were they a new wave group? No, we're mystified. Of course, this isn't mystified. I sense what rebellion. Oh, oh! I Where's just, that cannonball?
2: I just thought, look how much Sean's enjoying this. I just saw <laughs> romantics. I thought I just wanted to uh, bring him back from Pluto. I thought that was a, that was a <laughs> I given. I thought that would.
0: <laughs> well, if you're gonna play games, at least play talking in your sleep, okay? <laughs>
1: oh, that's a terrible song. No. What?
0: <laughs> So the Romantics, very much a rock band, but also has some new wave tendencies, which come out in, uh, in Mystified. You got that, that heavy bass beat, very danceable, uh, sort of a uh, wistful, a little, more, a little more longing than you get in your typical rocker. But the other reason why I picked the Romantics for Room 7609 was not just Deadline Panic, uh, which Mark can testify to. Uh, Deadline was, panic
2: because your first song was one we've already done. I know the producers. Uh,
0: it was a great tune. But anyway, uh, the Romantics were recently in town. Um, Wally Palmer's Romantics—they're called.
1: What, did they have Walkers?
0: No, but I will tell you they have not. <laughs> Wally has not aged gracefully.
1: I mean, because oh. I need one, so I'm I'm not judging. Sure.
0: No, no, but they they still they still have the leather suits and. Uh, what they, about
1: the Buffons?
0: Uh, uh, well, there's th- there's more hairspray than hair now, but okay. yeah, still have the haircut, still kind of keeping that vibe. But I had a chance encounter with Wally Palmer, who I will tell you uh, should be uh, referred to as the diminutive Wally Palmer. But um, I asked him something I've been dying to ask for many, many years. My, what,
1: what do you like about me?
0: No, no, no. I, I, <laughs> I I'm confident in my my own judgment of of my. Who I am. But anyway, he um, was the lead singer back when and it still is, when they were touring and they were known for their their red leather tuxedos. Yeah,
3: I remember that. Mm-hmm. And my
0: brother had told me a story way back when that they were they were they they'd hit it big with what I like about you, and they, they were just overbooked. They were just touring all the time. And because they were on stage and the lights and the heat and the leather tuxedos, that the leather tuxedos never had a chance to dry between shows because they were constantly sweating in them, getting to the next gig, then putting the leather tuxedos back on again. And I was able to ask him, Wally, did the tuxedos ever dry? And he said, no, they didn't. Wow! So they stunk. That was my brush with Mm. greatness. A long way to get there. Interesting.
3: Interesting story, though.
1: Would you consider getting back to Master and Commander Mark playing what I like about you instead of Mystified as a now, mutiny? Yeah.
0: Oh, yes, oh, because, because everybody, you set knows, me up. everybody knows what it was.
1: I didn't set him up, I asked him to do it. I'm not ashamed to say that at all. Yes. <laughs> that was, uh,
0: but you're more of a sister <laughs> Christian than Mr. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> That's good we could get some, uh, some, uh, Night Ranger, please.
1: Now you hear the you hear the little pops going on in the background when you listen to that song. Do you think of that scene from uh, Yeah, from, what, Boogie, Boogie Nights? Boogie Nights. No. Yeah. Boogie Nights. Where Alfred Molina is in a oh, robe playing scene. a drug dealer, and yeah. this song's playing. Such a great scene. He's, he's, his his assistant lover. It's unclear is shooting off fireworks in the other room.
0: And yeah, as I, as in all great fiction, uh, it's all based on fact. That whole scene and that whole uh, is is stolen from the Wonderland Murders, where. Mm-hmm. Uh, where uh, John Holmes led uh, some killer drug house robbers to the house where he was staying, and they murdered everybody in there with hammers. So it it Mm. was a much softer version in Boogie Nights, but that was based on the Wonderland murders, which is horrible. Heard about that. Mm. Awful. Um, So anyways, Room 7609 is where new wave bands who you never knew get their due, or the bands where you thought you knew their greatest hits, we find one buried somewhere. Well, we're reading there. our own copy now? Just, it's, you're looking at the run. That's all riff. That's all, that's all, uh, that's all. I early. have one, I though. am looking I, at I, the
1: I, rundown.
3: I got to mention this one, um, Detroit, the, or, or um, originated from Detroit. God, I can't get my words out. Um, black punk rock band. Actually, I wouldn't even put rock on a punk band called Death that came up with this song called Politicians In My Eyes it was so prescient I mean so visionary I mean the things that they sing about I mean it's happening now man and it's always happened it's and a,
2: I just love that song it's a really good documentary on them.
0: oh yeah Mark I band, did see that a band that.
2: called Death yeah yeah, yeah right out yeah. of yeah. Detroit pre-punk yep.
0: band proto-punk proto-punk I think they played this music in, this. in Crime Town didn't they season 2 of didn't Crime Town oh yeah yeah they I looked think they looked at the did. rise and fall of uh, our Former
3: mayor.
2: Never got their due. This man. is a very yeah, cool bear- song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A very cool band. Oh, I'm not
1: used to hearing this kind of cool stuff on this show. It's,
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually a sports writer talking over the cool stuff. It's- could actually have a uh, wow a, a new wave side room that's a punk room. Oh, where we'll, we'll all the be the, the, the connection world. between yeah. punk yeah. and new
1: wave. Did Mark yeah. say yeah. where yeah. we'll all be? Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah.
0: You really want to sit in the room by yourself? Well, listen. Everybody knows the after party is the one you want to go to. Sure. So. so,
1: what's next on the rundown?
0: Uh, well, uh, our friend Dave has made a <laughs> contribution to support the show, which we always appreciate. And Very uh, nice. Kristen. Who is uh, one of our regulars? She gives on a uh, a monthly basis. We invite everybody to give on a monthly basis, on an occasional basis, or you know, just uh, if you want to mention us in your will, uh, that'd be great. But but you better be really sick because I'm not sure how long we're going to be here. It didn't sound good. Anyway, we'll just take your money. Uh, you can go to uh, soulofdetroit.com and hit the donate button. Is that
2: M L Soul of Detroit? Oh, M L. See,
0: it says Mark tells how to give. I should have left it to the professionals. Kristen also included a note that says Sean is an ass at to the show.
1: Did she put the parentheses <laughs> around ET? Oh, of course she, she, didn't. she didn't. She did not. <laughs> she did. Did she really? She said Did she really? Sean Seriously. is
0: an ass at to the did, show. She,
1: did she really.
0: I can show you the I can show no, you the document. of course document. she didn't. No she didn't. Kristen is Kristen is so nice, but she's didn't just get here. Also he is fascinating. But somehow simple at the same time can't figure him out. But it's all good I'm with her. A hundred percent love the show. I'm utterly
2: fascinated nice. by Sean Windsor. How is?
1: Uh, did you write that
2: yourself too?
0: I, I I can show you the the source document.
1: Thank you, Kristen. Uh, I don't, I'm not that simple, but I like to sort of pretend to be simple. It's just easier that way. So
0: he, <laughs> that's what a simple man would say. He he is an ass at he. I have
1: simple tastes. How about that? I like good spaghetti.
0: That's simple. Do you like Mom's spaghetti?
1: I don't know, but I'm uh, not simple enough to say that make a judgment on it without. Do you like to simple what it's about.
0: Now, I didn't make a judgment on on Ma's spaghetti. I just said if it is true to the ethos of Mom's spaghetti, it will not be very good.
1: Well, what I'm saying is, you're not neither one of you are looking quite deep enough. Mm. Mm. If he's if he's about authenticity, then it's about authenticity of that thing. Well, not the spaghetti isn't representation of his life. It's a representation of what authentic, authenticity can be, it's just, and he's in a position in his life now where he can show you what spaghetti might be. I don't uh, know if that's what he's trying to do or not. Uh, it's, a it's a little a possibility. Too
0: deep. Ladies and gentlemen, fascinating but somehow simple at the same time. Sure words have never been uttered on this show. Um, Estelle writes an email about the dirty money in my race. It is so full of expletives, meaning the email, not the dirty money, that I'm going right to her other. Mm. Missive. That prosecutor was a great guest, referring to Michael Bellotta, who was on last week's show. Mm. He was a good guest. Super interesting. Possible a topic idea. Can you discuss that policy I think Governor Engler signed, which allowed all the city employees to move out of wherever they worked, with the most impacted being Detroit? I would love to know, assuming you do know, how long that was pushed for and by whom. Is there any appetite to reverse it or impossible? It's just in Michigan, right? Or was this wedded to a SCOTUS decision, meaning Supreme Court of the United States? How many city employees immediately put their homes up for sale? Seems like it would have been almost triggered a real estate slump with thousands of employees trying to get out in 2020 or 1919 or 2020. So briefly, yes, Governor Engler uh, ended residency, which required Detroit employees to live in the city of Detroit. He did so over the objections of Mayor Archer. Uh, He may have been encouraged to do so by public employee unions who wanted the freedom to live wherever they choose uh, that's certainly a fair position. You should have the right to live where you wish. But if you take a job and one of the conditions of employment is that you live where you work, that seems reasonable to me too. And I am a huge supporter of residency. I wish we could bring it back. However, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, and right now, because we don't pay our, our first responders enough money, it would be a hardship on them because property is going up in Detroit. Real estate prices are going up in Detroit, yet our pay for our police, fire, and EMS are failing to keep pace, which is why I want better pay and benefit for those uh, those crucial uh, municipal employees. Uh, as for what impact it had on neighborhoods, uh, my neighborhood was one that was densely populated by city employees. They all moved to the other side of Mac almost as quickly as possible. And a lot of the police and fire who used to live in Copper Canyon, which was very prevalent on the east side, some of them moved so far that they lived uh, in places like Macomb Township, Chesterfield Township, Shelby Township. They got out as soon as they could. Very devastating to our neighborhoods. Very disappointing to their neighbors. We miss them tremendously and we would like them to come back. So my plan is if we can't make this mandatory, is to make the city of Detroit such a wonderful and attractive place that you will do whatever you can to get your ass back to the 313. Also, uh, we need to lower those, those, those uh, insurance rates because that is a huge impediment and we need to improve the schools. And one way to do that is provide opportunity for families. Get people to work. If you can fix the families, you can fix the schools. You're putting too much pressure on teachers to do too much. Uh, Kimberly is hot off the press with this take ML with president Biden speaking in Howl right now, around the time you report, record the podcast, what specific things would you ask for infrastructure wise and also above and beyond the obvious roads, bridges, modernized energy and sewer system. Is there anything novel and big Washington could earmark that would be a game changer for Detroit? Well, first of all, we want to use some of that money to, uh, to fortify our homes against the flooding to try and make sure that we get the green infrastructure we need to keep the water out of our system that can't handle it and also to get the backflow preventers and the sump pumps to keep our homes dry. But if there's a game changer for Detroit, to me, it's public transportation. Mm. To me, if we could get a light rail or subway or even just some dedicated lines so we could go from Detroit to Pontiac to Ann Arbor to the airport out to uh, – uh, let's say uh, St. Clair Shore. New Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, I
3: thought the Q line, there were some plans discussed about it extending across eight mile.
0: I, I think they might want to. I think it's built to be, you know, augmented in the same way the people mover was. And that right. didn't happen. But the problem with the Q line and a lot of the with, and, and the people mover is that it doesn't have a terminus that has a big parking lot. So you yeah. can't drive, leave your car and get on the Q line. You have to drive, park, pay a lot of money to park. Pay a fair amount to ride the queue line, and I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. It's like a moving sidewalk at an airport. Yeah. It gets you from point A to point B a little quicker. But yeah, it runs. With, it runs with the traffic. Mm. Does, There's a light yeah.
1: rail in Minneapolis that goes from that airport to downtown and to Mall of America and some other spots.
3: Pittsburgh. It, it has, has its
1: trail. own dedicated line. Yeah. Right Chicago now, it's Minnesota. not running at 70 miles an hour, but it it goes a lot quicker than this and doesn't have to stop for stoplights.
0: Yeah, And when we've yeah. seen that with the smart buses, those express routes it will take one or two stops between downtown and the airport. I mean, to me, if you could do light rail, we spent a billion dollars to add a lane to 75, which by the time the money was spent, it was already over capacity. If you're going to spend that much money to tear up that much concrete, put a rail line right. there. Pontiac, Royal Oak, Detroit, Ann Arbor, airport, Detroit. Or I guess you do Detroit Airport Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor. Yeah. Um get kids to Eastern, get kids to Ann Arbor, get it out to East Lansing, get out to Chicago, get to Grand Rapids, get us out to the east, take us somewhere along Lansing. the lake. Yeah, the Lansing. Yeah, I'm I'm sold on that great question Toledo. great answers. why not you know yeah it these, can happen this is something we could do and but this, this is would...
3: just a drop in the bucket i mean this this infrastructure bill i mean it's just the beginning of what america needs to do but we'll see if it happens i don't know
1: well when you run with the message of government is bad for what since reagan so for 40 years how do you expect people to believe, and I don't want to get off on this as the end of the show, but how do you expect people to believe that we can pull this off? That, right. You know, that we should spend money, that we know what we're doing. Well,
0: you and can't. when you send people to office who are more interested in putting money in their pockets mm. than putting results on the table, when you have people like Monica Conyers, who has taken hundreds of dollars to sell her vote on a billion-dollar sludge-burning contract. Centigrade. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right. that's... That's crazy. So uh, Kimberly has a few more uh, hot takes on Ford and GM building plants down south. We're almost out of time, but uh, but yeah, we wish those 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 uh, those plants had been here. And I was kind of surprised to see the state MEDC, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, just kind of respond like, "Yeah, we didn't really." compete for that i'm like you, you, excuse me you didn't really what like i don't like and the tax not? incentives but i mean how do you not get in that in
3: tennessee i mean it just seemed like a slap in the face i mean we're well, the motor city i mean come on now
0: tennessee gm has all that that saturn land right so yeah, i can kind of see that but what the hell does ford have in kentucky right nothing you know? i mean come on now so uh now they have invested a lot in michigan so i don't want to say that we should get everything but really when you're going to have the ev factory in ham it'd be nice to have the batteries a little closer than, uh, than Tennessee and Kentucky. So um, if you want to find out what I'm up to, you can follow me on social media at ML for Detroit on Facebook and Twitter. Also uh, if you want to know what's going on with the show, you can follow me at Twitter at Elric or on Facebook ML, no periods Elric. Um, You can check out the uh, Politico coffee podcast with Tracy and her, her, TM every week uh on YouTube and uh, and we'll have a link to it here on our website. You can follow it on uh on Twitter and uh and on uh on Facebook you can find links that in my link to today's show on Facebook and Twitter. And um Sean, uh wh- where where are you headed next?
1: I guess learning how to be Forrest Gump.
0: <laughs> you got to run? No. Oh.
1: No. <laughs> no, no run, I'm
0: Sean run. I'm simple. Oh.
1: I just don't have the math skills.
0: Kristen, you cut so. him deep.
1: Yeah. You cut him deep. I don't have the math skills.
0: It's the sharp knife. Or
1: the memory. goes the deepest. So I really don't have anything, and I'm not fascinating. You'll be in Indianapolis, and you'll boring. be in Lincoln. Yes.
0: Oh. And
1: then back in Indianapolis for your Spartans.
0: The stinking in Lincoln. What, what's, uh, what's going on with the Carlos and Sean podcast? Where can people find this?
1: Uh, Freep.com. We have Dan Dickerson on later today to talk about the Tigers. Wrap up Dan Dickerson
0: season. had a long relationship with the Tigers. Yeah, he was, did. Those long relationships are important. Yeah, he still does. He does. I know. Yeah. Hey, just, I got a quick them.
3: question for Sean. Uh, what do you think about this Urban Meyer scandal? I mean, <laughs> is this going to blow over? Or It's already done. That's really a better question for Mark,
1: because Mark's the one that likes that bar love scandal, <laughs> sex bullshit. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. But, um, no, I think... Uh, I don't know. He's in over his head as the coach at that organization, Yeah, right? It's also another example
2: of what a hypocrite he is, but whatever.
0: What happened to the spider lesions? Remember, we couldn't address any of the problems in Columbus because... Lay off Urban because he has lesions on his brain that give him crippling headaches, oh, so he yeah. can't function. Right. Well, it
1: is amazing though that he would let somebody give him a lap dance with cell phones everywhere, right? In his position, that's more, kind more of than a lap dance. Wasn't it makes there. you wonder how. Um, you watch could, all the videos. It makes cost him It makes you wonder the how, Notre Dame job. Doesn't it make you how wonder or wonder how how much he had to drink or what what kind of? Oh yeah, he was absolutely, in? yeah. Because yeah. the video I saw, he looked completely out of it
0: could could have been the lesions on his brain but i think, I think You're you knew, think think you knew what he was doing that will cost him the notre dame job mm. when that comes open it might that's the last job he wants it's the only job he's ever wanted right even though he said he'd he'd slum around columbus for yeah, a he's while. only 57 so not, he's not getting that job
1: not after this
3: mm. blew it okay well
1: you never know Right, <laughs> there's Rick. Rick there's the, the show. I know. You know what? Rick Patino's still coaching. <laughs> Way to get back on that fence. Politics. I mean, yeah, a lot. A lot of people survived that.
0: Yeah, but yeah. is Rick Patino coaching like the Pakistani national team or something?
1: No, he has fallen off. He has fallen off a bit, but plenty of people. His kid's got a better gig days, than he right? does, don't you think, Tim?
3: I, you know, we're in a different climate. This whole Me Too movement and, you for know, was a sakes, big Trump, R. Kelly Trump survived
1: and, it. No, you, but you that's, you know, uh,
3: people are really, yes, assault and to, misogyny
1: and sexism yeah. and all that. But if you, uh, an infidelity, though, is different, right? It's not illegal for one. You're talking, I mean, Me Too is centered around so a lot of, we, you know, we're living in an age of
3: social media. And so I don't know if you saw the, um, you know, the fallout on social media um, and, uh, Urban Meyer's wife even uh, tweeted a response, so I don't know if it's going to continue. If she forgives him, Notre
1: Dame fans will.
3: Yeah. Okay. Good point. We'll see what she does.
1: And he's wins. They don't give a shit. They're hypocritical Catholic pieces of shit just like everybody. It looked does. bad,
3: oh, though. It looked Just bad. like
1: everybody else. Everybody wants She's to win. She's at home if with they the grandkids, win,
3: and well, he's in a look, bar getting a lap dance. They're going to shove
1: know, the Bible the back in that drawer as soon as they start winning. It's about winning.
0: Yeah, yeah, I we'll have see. an idea for a yeah. great new podcast. A zero and four. With right. uh, Tracy Martin and Yon Windsor. We're going to call it TMZs. <laughs> That's cute.
1: You mean yawn like a yawn in Philly? That's where the Z is I M Z. I don't
0: it? think yeah. it would
3: be okay. Z worthy
0: the, though. I
1: think like a certa. Like is that what you're saying? It could be. It okay. Could be. I, I think, think it
3: would be Z so, for zoned. I mean I think
0: it would yeah, be hot. Or,
1: or how about I for interesting?
0: Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, uh 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 Pope Francis, my apologies. Um T-M-I. No, no, I love the Pope. <laughs> I love the Pope. The Pope's Absolutely. not gonna, back on, pope's not gonna uh, back on the fence. The Pope's not gonna
1: back on the fence. The Pope, it. the Pope is not gonna okay that, right? Just for a, a win.
0: Do you two. love the Pope enough to give I him mean, a winged helmet?
1: I don't know. Maybe he's got a soccer team or something that he might do that for. But he's already knows. got his winged helmet.
0: I know, that's what I'm saying. That that's real love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that he didn't have enough hats. Anyway, uh that's the show. Um Goodness gracious. TM, thanks for one. joining us. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Thanks, guys. It, thanks, Emel. It's always ML. a pleasure to have you with your political insights and check out the Politico Coffee podcast. Also, if you haven't caught it, there's another great podcast out there called Daily Detroit. And uh, I uh, was was uh, happy to catch up with Jer, the host, while I was on Mackinac Island. We talked a little bit about life in Detroit. Oh, my
1: goodness. It's I thought a, you hey, were you giving out somebody your policy an actual bear. plug. Yes, I was right. thinking, wait a second, he's going to... Gives kudos to something out there that he has nothing to do with, and then of course it came back. But I was
0: no this yeah, guy. They've, they've got something like 850 episodes. They've been doing this. That's it's awesome. A, it's a great under the radar podcast. So I think if if you have some time, check it out. If you don't have time, uh, make sure you focus on the other Red Shovel Network offerings. That would be Charlie Duff's No BS News Hour. Also, uh, a resplendent with Coney's and the Drew and Mike podcast which right now is kicking on the door saying it's time for the Drew and Mike podcast so Cyrus I'm sorry was so late in saying this but if you wouldn't so mind uh, we would like to be taken out can you dig that? can you dig it? Yeah. can you dig
2: it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you what? you're safe Where is it? And so it goes, around the clock, through the week, every day, every year. It's a flesh-and-blood merry-go-round. Anyone can catch the brass ring, or the brass ring can catch anyone.